All right, guys, this will be a true test of your loyalty to this podcast because this episode just so happened to go for about two hours and 45 minutes. And that wasn't on purpose. It was just because the conversation was flowing well. And I genuinely felt like there were um, a lot of good things still being said, you know, well into the two hour mark. So I saw no point in cutting it off. And when I started this thing, I had no expectations. When I say started this, I mean the podcast in general. I had no expectations of time minimums or maximums. When I have a guest on, as long as the conversation flows, I'm fine with letting it keep going. So with that said, there is a hidden gem somewhere inside this podcast, something that I think a lot of you would like to hear and take advantage of. So just a little incentive to make it all the way through to the end. Um, That's it, guys. No sponsors, no nothing. My guest today was Jonathan, owner of Farm Fresh Fast. I know everyone in Greenville has probably heard of him, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, but if not, he is a true, real deal, authentic farm-to-table operation. Uh, I'll post links for his website and stuff there. Uh, Really, really interesting story. We talked about a lot of good things, uh, farming, food, business, fitness, and a ton of other stuff. I really, really enjoyed this podcast, and I think you guys will too. You're listening to the Self-Made Podcast. Self-Made Podcast. With your host, Matt Snipes. All right, cool. We're good. Killed it. Awesome. Uh, One thing I wanted to ask you about was when I was lurking your personal Instagram last night, and I also checked your website because when I put you on the guest calendar, Mm -hmm. I uh, I was reading a little bit about you personally, and saw you know that you did personal training, and then I'm looking at your photos on Instagram. I'm like, damn, dude, dude knows what he's doing, right? Like, uh, so tell me some about that. Um, you know, back in the day, I was really big into fitness, and I've made fitness kind of a, a big thing in my life because for longest time until I was about 19 years old um, I was overweight I was always the fat kid you know my heaviest was at 302 wow did you know that? I saw the picture when you were a kid yeah okay yeah um, but what's really cool though is that that's kind of been the basis of what we're doing here and the fact that you know there's it, there's a lot of people doing farm to table but there's nobody doing farm to table that's healthy right, right. so um, that's kind of what the angle that we want to take on it so, but fitness, you know, I think is, is kind of the basis of everything I got going on right now. So when we were talking about doing a meal prep company, I was like, what would have helped me back in the day be able to, to get my results, I guess, faster? Yeah. You know, so then I was like, well, you know, if I wasn't eating turkey sandwiches every day and that's so unhealthy anyway, but, um, you know, I just thought a meal prep company would definitely um to help that and that was like been the basis that was the basis of farm fresh fast yeah yeah and that's my weak point in working out is you know i work out really really hard but i eat really really bad right and and i know in my head it's just a convenience thing and a time thing i know in my head i'm you know kind of screwing myself but it's uh 
you know, I talk to my friends in the gym that are, you know, bodybuilders or whatever, and, and they say the same thing. Like, that part is easy. You know, the workout is easy. That's what we enjoy. You yeah, know, it's yeah, the eating part that's that's not easy. So definitely the meal plan thing would would help. You we, we got to think, though, like fitness is mainstream, right? Like, right. You can get fitness anywhere. There's clothing companies for fitness, and that's great. But there's no mainstream for healthy food. You get, like, they're, you know, you get your McDonald's. You get your heavyweights that are not healthy. Yep. But then even, like, Subway. Like, I don't want to, like, hate on somebody, but, like, yeah, you yeah. know, just full of nitrates and a bunch of nasty. And so... Um, there's nothing like that mainstream. So that's why it's, I think that like when somebody gets on something, like they just, just love every aspect of it, you uh-huh. know, because there's nothing else yep. really like it. So yep. I think this one thing has helped us be successful, but um, I don't know. I just think it's like a, a little niche market. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's what I think about every time I sit down at one of these big chain restaurants is I'm like, I don't know where this comes from, but I know it's not good. You know, like... I see right. the chickens on the truck on oh, 85, God, and I'm bro. like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to yeah, eat yeah. one of those, yeah. you know, soon. Yeah, well, I mean, like, that's that's kind of been, like, air thing, too, is that, like, it's not just calories in, calories out. You know, like, right. when I was right. a bodybuilder, that was like, oh, you know, oh, protein, protein. And so um, now I really want people to know where their food actually comes from, right? Like, I want I want them to see the quality behind it, the hard work behind it. Oh, my God, these guys are, you know, busting ass all the time to, to make it happen. And so... You know, we want to make sure that sustainability, like we want to be the first to bring sustainability mainstream, mm-hmm. right? So, yep. um, you know, we promote sustainable farming, you know, we're helping our sustainable farmers and uh, we just think that's, you know, and that's really the keystone of our marketing though too, you know, yeah. like and making sure people know this stuff. Right. So, yep. um, like you talk about the chickens, like when we first started, I, I talked to you about this, I think yesterday, that when we first started, we wanted to show people where the food came from, but mm-hmm. they didn't want to see it, right? right. We got so much pushback of, oh my God, we don't want to see the chickens, poor chickens, poor pigs, they're so cute. Yeah, like, yeah, we do eat them. But what happens though is like, let me show you what's really ugly. Let me show you commercial farming. Mm-hmm. So then we show them these commercial farms where like pigs are shoved on like concrete floors and little bitty pens. Right. And they're sleeping in their own poop yep. every day. And um, I'm like, like this is what sucks. Like this is what you're getting at the store. This is what you're getting at, you know, 95 percent of the restaurants that you go to. Now, let me show you what we have. Oh, this is a heritage breed, pasture raised pig. They're out there in the field doing pig stuff mm-hmm. and rooting around, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, then people kind of they kind of got it. Right, and then it just is taken off from there, really. Yeah, you know? yeah, and like we talked about yesterday, it's it's a quality of life. Like I'm right. going to eat meat. I just am. oh yeah. So it's you know, do I want to eat an animal that was happy, or do I want to eat an animal that lived a miserable existence? Right. It, I mean, you know, I think Donald from Providence Farm said it best. Um, he was on a he actually was on Jamarcus Gaston's show and said, um, you know, these pigs have the best life that they could live as a pig, and they have one bad day. Yep. And exactly. it stuck with me, man. I mean, that was just like a, he's always, Donald is full of one line zingers. Like uh-huh. he said one today, he'll, I, he, I told him, I was like, dude, write that down. I have to have, oh, he said, I called him this morning, like early. And I said, boy, you still asleep? He said, boy, I'm going to do more by accident today than you're going to mean to. And it just <laughs> got me, man. I was like, oh, it's going on a shirt. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm jealous of those guys. Oh I got nothing God, on my right? own. I got to steal quotes I all have the to steal quotes from Donald all the time, man. All, when you, that's, that's He's great. Yeah, and that's the thing. I get where people are coming from with it, you know, having a hard time seeing the animals because it's someone who used to hunt and still eats hunted meat. And, you know, a meat eater, it's still hard for me to, you know, 
see a cow. You know, my my ex, you know, her her parents raised cattle just enough for them and their friends and stuff, you know, right. to, to slaughter. And it was it was still weird to me as someone who consumes meat at almost every meal to go out there and pet that cow on the head and have it lick my hand and all that and think, okay, well, one day you're going to be in the freezer. But I like that because I'm a big believer in the hormones that get in the meat and right. stuff like that, you know. Well, also, you, you kind of get a, a better respect for the animal, too. I'm not like this tree-hugging hippie guy, but, you know, when you actually you actually get to see the quality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you get to see the animal move. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee, I can guarantee you and you, pointing at the cameras, that... <laughs> Your food, when you come from Farmers Fast, is um, or either of my restaurants, seedlings as well. Um, you know, we we see these animals. We know their living conditions, right? Like we know. I can, you know, and that's and that's huge. People might not want to see every single animal that they eat. I get it, but they love knowing that there's at least one person that really cares about mm-hmm. you know that aspect of it. And you know, if I have to be that guy, I'll be that guy. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was the same when I hunted, you know, when I, when I would kill a deer and then I was with that deer through the whole entire process, you know, through field dressing it, taking it to the processor, watching it get made into my meat and into yeah. my freezer. And then every single time I cooked part of that deer, I thought about that whole entire experience. The yeah. morning when I woke up, went to the deer stand, did the whole thing. And people have lost that connection. Yeah. I think that's the thing, um, especially kids. It, it kills me because um, the whole idea for seedlings was to to educate kids. Like I always put education first on both of our restaurants and then put food second. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, we're always going to have delicious food. So that's like the catalyst. Right. But when we can show these people like where this comes from, like that's, you know, that's the big thing in kids. So we, we want to better connect the kids to the food and make them realize that, you know, these grocery stores are not growing this food. Right. Right. And, um, and that's something that's not being done right now because it's not mainstream. It's not really, people think it's cool. And, and I hate that because it's just, it's real. It's life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yep. that's what happens, you know, and there's no Hollywood behind it. There's no, there's no nothing. It's just a lot of hard work and poop and dirt. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, speaking of Hollywood, they're not really doing us any favors with, you know, all the, the animals, you know, pigs and all this stuff in the cartoons that are your friend, you know, that's your pal. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It, um, Again, we, we've kind of distanced ourselves so much from food because it's such a shady business. Um, commercial farming is so shady. And that's why, like, um, places like Food, I mean, um, food Inc., um, documentaries like that, you know, really spoke to people because they'd never seen stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's why, you know, at first, I think it's why Air, Air Food and Air Concept speaks to people is because we're like... We're like the other side. Like they showed you the the nasty commercial side, and we're showing you the awesome sustainable farming side, right? Yep. And, and I really just now thought about that, and and that's really, I mean, that makes me feel good because we're we're showing you essentially the other side of the plate, um, that's not normally seen, right? right? Like you see the beautiful part of it, and then, but we're going to show you the other side, the the hard work that goes into it, you know. We, we've said that, you know, we get the most inconsistent product in here, you know, whether it be pretty carrots, ugly carrots, you know, small eggs, big eggs, whatever. We take inconsistency and turn it into consistent, delicious food. Right. Right. And I think it's, it's amazing. Like if you get it, if you get it from like factory farms, there's so many things that we've done to change the, the genetics behind um, all of our food that like our FDA, uh, they made the pink pig, right? Mm-hmm. So like the commercial pink pig. Uh, was created by the FDA whenever they thought that fats were bad. 
Like right. whenever they thought that like saturated fat was horrendous for you, so they just started they make you know this you know pig freak. Yep. You know, and now but the pig freak is super lean, like just one gigantic muscle, right? Right. No fat cap, nothing. And so then they're like, oh shit, this never mind. Okay, never mind. We're, we're, fat's good. And so, but during that time though, the heritage breeds lost so much traction. There's there's you know there's some that are so 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 endangered. Right, right, and so that's part of our sustainability part, though, too. That's why we bought a registered red wattle boar that we have at Providence. He's the daddy of the breeding program, right? Yep. So we're we're going to bring introduce um, registered sows as well to be able to get those numbers back up. But you know, people, but that's not mainstream. Nobody wants to hear about that, right? right? Yeah. Like it's not cool. Yeah. You know, exactly. Like, so we're trying to make it cool. I guess I don't. We're like we're just educating people, and it happens to be cool. That's cool. I guess. Yep. You know. Well, and what I thought was cool, and what I wish would become the standard. I feel Post-time. like you know, unfortunately, I feel like we're a long ways away from that. But when I went to your website, and I can see that the chicken I'm going to come in here and eat comes from here. Right. The vegetables come from here. This comes from here. What other big chain restaurant can you go to their website and say where the food comes from? You can't because, like we said, they hide it. You know, it's- right? And what's even better is we we're sitting here a few minutes ago, and, and these two people came over, and they're like, "Oh my God, we're going to Bioway Farms," you know, and we can talk about stuff. And, and like people, people want to know. Even though, I think what we've done is we've we've started to get people asking questions, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and. Um, at first it was like, you know, why are you doing this? And we've kind of answered that question. And now it's like, you know, essentially, I guess it was what, what are you doing? And then we explained it and it became the why and now, and the how, and then now people are asking, okay, well, you got this standard of, you know, pasture raised chicken, you got this, you know, you got this standard of this, like, then why are you not sourcing from this person? You know, we get to ask all the time. Right. Oh, yeah. and sometimes it's just, you know, like, well, we've got plenty of, you know, we got beef, right? right? But, or is it, was there something on the um, ethical side that you don't agree with, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's cases like that. And that's, that's the stuff that's not really talked about either. Um, you know, we don't really, we don't, I, mean, I definitely don't talk about it. Or, um, but I think you can talk about it without talking about it. Yeah, for know? sure. And that's one thing, you know, when I was thinking, going over things in my head last night, I'm like, things that I want to bring up is, I automatically, you know, as as an entrepreneur, I think of the business side of things. And I thought about what you said earlier, which is you're getting an inconsistent product. So this is a lot more effort for a a restaurant to operate this way. You know, it's I've got friends that are, you know, franchise owners of delis and other things. And you order a food truck. Yeah. Pretty simple. You know, one stop shop. Everything's there. It takes a lot of effort. And that's one thing I admire about what you're doing is you're working just as hard, but your prices are competitive with anybody that's not having to do that yeah um you know we're trying and that's honestly that's not just our effort that's an effort that we're in collaboration with our farmers so too you know we've i was on the phone with their with uh, providence farm the other day for over an hour at eight o'clock at night um talking about prices on stuff and seeing what we can do and where you know what would make things better um you know we 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 are very open with our farmers and very, you know, we've built a company on authenticity and transparency. Mm-hmm. We want people to know everything that they possibly can. I mean, we have the most open kitchen you can have and we make our vinaigrettes right in front of people. We make everything right in front of people. Right. Mm-hmm. So to be able to do that, then we have to be able to, to keep the margins that we have to, to sustain you know, the restaurant and to be able to, to do everything. You know, there's a give and take on both sides. Right. You know, and, and that's really 
but that's where we took uh, the initiative, I guess. And, and last in 2017, we struggled to keep consistency of product, right? As in like numbers wise. Mm-hmm. So we would, you know, run out of stuff and all that kind of stuff. And when we first opened, nobody understood that. And then finally, whenever I publicly was like, look, I'm sorry. But if we don't run out of stuff, then if you don't run out of stuff, you're not farm to table, right? Like we can't have, we right. don't have the capacity with the restaurant that we have here to hold more than 200 pounds of beef, uh-huh. right? And so the thing is, is that that beef doesn't come on a truck, right? Well, it does, but not a, a food truck. So what happens whenever there's an inconsistency with the, the farmer not being able to be here on time? Like we had that happen like two weeks ago. This is why it's a perfect example. Um, Axel went out on the, on the farmer's truck, wasn't able to get here on time. We still got it, but it's about... 45 minutes late he had to get somebody to come get him and bring it to me you know they're, right. they're hell bent on getting a product to us but you know we were at a burgers for like 20 minutes and right now are almost heaven burgers just you know flying out the door so it was a big deal I mean something we want to run out of stuff it's just that capacity waste you know we're trying to do all you know to keep all of that in check but in 2017 we, we struggled really hard with keeping these quantities so we said you know what we're not doing that again so we sat down in September and October with a seed catalog with a couple of farmers and said, this is what we want. We laid out everything, everything that we're going to use in 2018 mm-hmm. with menu planning and everything. We had, we went and wrote it out. So we have two farms right now. They're growing exclusively for us, right? I was on the phone with both of them this morning, just checking to see how everything's going, you know, and everything. Yep. Um, but then also we sent that list out to our farmers that we sourced from and said, hey, look, y'all can grow whatever the hell you want to grow, but this is what we're buying. So we're guaranteeing them a market. We're guaranteeing them on quantity. And, and I think that's what's missing. And I've been quoted numerous, numerous times from people asking about Farm to Table, like, what's what's wrong with Farm to Table in Greenville? Or why are, why are not people, why was it not as successful as it should be? And it's because of inconsistency uh, from the restaurants, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because the restaurants just... They're not giving accurate project projections. If you can give accurate projections, then you're able to the farmers are able to grow as much as they need and don't have to overproduce with the out of market. Right. right. So um, the easiest way to say is if you have product A and product B, okay? You put the same amount of time and money and effort into both products, right? In the same quantity essentially. Product A is selling, product B is not. Well the farmer just doesn't have the capital to be able to to be able to lose all money like that, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, most of these farmers are not even full-time farmers because farming is so damn hard, right? So they can't just lose money on that. So what they have to do is they have to increase the price of product A, right? Or we could just get them not to grow B at all mm-hmm. and grow more of A or grow a different B and give them an accurate projection, right? Right. So what's happening right now is, you know, the farmers are phenomenal. Farmers are a rare breed, Um they get no credit they, they get for providing us with all this food, right? But, you know, when, what they, what they, and they don't market themselves very well either. So, right. so yeah. I think that's why so many farms have gravitated towards us is that, you know, we do that for them. You know what I mean? Like we just, we're just excited as hell to have their product in here. Like Hurricane Creek Farm, we were so excited to have their tomatoes here. We've been, we've had their green tomatoes for a couple months now, but now we're starting to get some red tomatoes in here. Um, but they didn't have any pictures. They weren't. They're reposting right. their pictures, right? Yeah, <laughs> they ain't got time. They're trying to grow a bunch of shit, right? right? So, yeah. um, you know, that's what's really cool, though, is that we can kind of take some of the burden off of them, and actually a lot of the burden by being able to give them accurate projections so they're growing efficiently, you know, and, and maximizing their money that way. 
and time, which is money. And then we're getting consistent product, and the consumer is you know getting a consistent consistent product. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah, so uh, we talked about earlier, you're not from here. When did you move here? I moved here the first time was five, six years ago, something like that. Uh Um, I was here for a little bit, um, and then I moved to Tampa. And I've been here, I think, for three years since Tampa. Um, This is my third year. Gotcha, Yeah. yeah. So how did you meet these farmers in the beginning? Man, it's it's really a... It's really... I don't know. It's, it's hard to really describe because it's all kind of just falling into place. Like mm-hmm. if you never, if I never believed in divine intervention, this is, I mean, this is definitely, you know, like I know this is what I was meant to do. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Like that or a, you know, a professional wrestler. One of the two. I, don't <laughs> I can't, I can't tell. Um, but you know, we, we met the farmers through our, uh, I, I had a network of people anyway where I lived here before I knew a lot of people but then when I started kind of with this idea that we had I started reaching out to a couple of farms and uh, those farms everybody knows everybody so it kind of just evolved right and so everybody normally has their there's not one farm that grows 50 different things right right they normally have like their their niche and so like you, you're getting tomatoes here and you're like well you know I'm looking, really looking for some uh, squash I'm like well you know Farmer Joe over here sells squash right and then that just kind of makes, and you make your way in that circle. Kind yeah. Of, you know? When you were little, did you grow up on a farm or? Yeah, man. I come from Southwest, Southwest Virginia, not, not West Virginia, but Southern Western Virginia. Um, in a little town, in a little uh, county called Lee County. It's actually the poorest county in Virginia. Um, I come from tobacco farmers and coal miners. So, gotcha. you know, blue collar roots all the way. Um, so it, it's just kind of like, this is all kind of giving back homage to where I come from and, um, it's why it's so not to use the word organic, but organic and authentic uh-huh. because this is just, you know, dude, this is, this is home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And see, I grew up on a farm too, but it was more of a horse farm. There's no food being produced. You know, it was just yeah. a farm, you know, we yeah. had horses and all the neighbors had cows and stuff, right. uh, but they were just doing it to, to sell them at the auction or whatever. Right. But I still kind of consider myself a, a farm boy, you know, yeah. growing up on a farm and yeah. shoveling horse shit and all that kind of stuff. And, dude, it's weird that that's where I'm the happiest mm-hmm. is, like, when I'm out there. You know, my, my grandfather did, though. He's 100, still living. Jeez. And up until he was 90, well, I'm going to say 94-ish, still had a garden. Yeah. You know, like, and, and so I did sit, you know, we ate a lot of food. My grandparents raised me. So I ate a lot of food that came from us, right. you know, which was awesome. My grandmother just had her 93rd or 94th birthday. She won't hear this, so it doesn't matter that I don't remember, <laughs> but... My grandpa's 100, and they're both really healthy for their age. And, you know, people ask me all the time, well, what do you think it is? Well, one, they didn't really, you know, they didn't drink. They didn't do drugs. They didn't do any of that. But they eat really, really good. Like, they might have, like, a McDonald's cheeseburger, like, once every couple months just as, like, a just something different. But they grow and cook all their food, and I feel like that has a lot to do with your longevity. Yeah. I mean, what's odd, you know, we didn't even talk about this before, so it's weird. That um, my great grandfather put out a full garden till he was ninety two. Oh wow! Yeah, and so um, you know we come from similar backgrounds, I guess. But same with my grandparents. You know, we they they exposed me to a lot. You know, like I was out in the garden um, a lot with my uh, grandmother, just picking tomatoes, and I loved it. I love growing my own stuff, so that's why now you know it's awesome. You said you know you feel you feel the happiest out there, dude. Like um, when when the uh, 
that's Selena, right? Yep. So when she was here, you know, she's like, oh my God, when do you go into a farm again? I was like, well, I go all the time. She's like, you know, I want to go with you. And so there's a lot of people that want to do that. But like, I go, like today, I was looking at the clock to see what time it was because if we have, if I have a stressful day, a long day, or just kind of want to relax a little bit, I go out to the farm. I can go look out to Providence and just hang out with the pigs, you know, and throw on some headphones and just hang out and um, gather eggs or whatever, you know, needs to be done. But um, I'm, I'm the same way, man. It's just like, you know, you get out there and it's, you know, just get out of the rat race, mm-hmm. you know, even though we're not like in the biggest of cities. You right. Know, still, yep. you know, um, but it's super fun, man. Yeah. And that's, you know, I don't meditate or anything, but I feel like that kind of stuff is my meditation. You know, it's just oh, kind yeah. of being out there because my grandparents have a pretty good sized chunk of land. And uh, we've got, it's a creek, but it's essentially the size of a river. I mean, right. it's five feet deep. It's, it's raging. There's waterfalls it's and stuff. Ra- it's raging. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, you know, people you, think a creek, it's a little You, you do this all the time. It's very, house, very but. visual. You have a like raging <laughs> river behind but, my uh, So I'll take my dog there and just, you know, he'll splash in the water and I'll sit there and do nothing. Yep. You know, maybe throw him a stick, but maybe not. Maybe just sit there. <laughs> and to me, that's my meditation. You know, I'm not sitting in the dark and, you know, chanting or doing any of that weird shit. But that's my meditation. When I come back, even if I only do that for 30 minutes, I feel so damn good. Like, yeah. I feel refreshed. Oh, yeah. Same thing. If I've had a long day or stressful day or there's been a ton of emails or a ton of calls or whatever, I go out there and it's a mental break. Yeah. I feel like not enough people are doing that, man. That's... Yeah, I feel like everybody kind of gets, like I said, kind of caught up in the rat race, and it's you know we, I, I, we're not one of the cool kids in Greenville, I don't think. Um, you know we, we look at ourselves as kind of, um, again we we, we're just a bunch of blue collar boys and girls feeding right. a white collar town, right? So, um, I don't have any real want to go out to you know bars and and there were these mm-hmm. functions and stuff yep. like that. Like if it's something about farming or something or food, I totally would. But um, just to go be seen, mm-hmm. yep. I'm not that guy. Yep. Um, my wife's not that, that girl either. Right. So, yeah. Um, and so that, you know, I, I think that's what's really cool is that we just never, we're totally fine being us. Yeah. You know what I mean? As, as, an, as a company, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and my our employees, um, their chefs, everybody, they just, they just want to, it's just one big family, man. You know, and I think that's re- what's really cool too is, is that our customers feel like they're part of that family. You yeah. know, and they and being a part of that family, we get messages all the time. Oh my God, can we all go to the farm? And you know, we want to do. Yeah. We get these moms from seedlings that are and dads that are like, Oh my God, we you know we want to take our kids to the farm, and uh, and I think that's really cool. You know, that they want to be a part of kind of of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think, you know, your growth will be a little slower because of that, but mm-hmm. it will definitely be beneficial, you know, cause you're attracting the right kind of crowd. And that's what I put in my, you know, when I ate here for the first time, when I was sitting here waiting earlier, I did, uh, I did my Yelp review of this place. And I put that when I came here, everyone that was in your kitchen was like laughing and yeah. talking to each other and having fun and talking to the customers. And oh, that, yeah. you know, that may, that may not mean shit to some people. It means a lot to me. Dude, it, it means everything to everybody. Honestly, like we get that all the time. We, what I tell people is that we have over, you know, 2000 chances a week to fuck up stuff, right? Mm-hmm. With food, right? We have such a chance, so much that goes into everything, so much of the sauces and the plating and the, Hey, customizations on stuff and with the meal prep and all that. But what's really cool is that you're always going to get great customer service. It doesn't matter. Yep. You know, like that, that's what we kind of hang our hat on. 
is uh, is being able to to bring the the most highest quality most highest quality of, of customer service and you know we'll always we'll always do that yeah and that's uh, that's kind of what uh, what I try to tell people too is you know there there's going to be mistakes that happen there's going to be oh, fuck yeah. ups that happen in business but it's not a bad thing you know so many small businesses or new businesses are so scared of fucking up I'm like that's your only chance to go above and beyond a normal experience you know, you're you're gonna mess up, and you can improve that. Right. You know, you can you can make that experience that much better. And yeah. I always forgive a fuck up if they go way out of their way. Oh yeah. To fix it. You well, know, it's, I mean, I think the people that the people that freak out about stuff are the people that don't own shit. Mm-hmm. As in, like they don't own a company. Like, um, my problem is that I take a lot of stuff to heart, right? Because I put so much of me and so much time and effort and blood, sweat, and literally blood into this place. Um, and so like, you know, I'll, I'll, I don't know, like I, we have some phenomenal reviews. Like, I think we have like 200 and some on Facebook and Google and, you know, has hundreds and stuff and mm-hmm. Yelp same way. But the, the, the couple that are negative, um, is I just kind of sit back and look at them, you know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, you know, like. Somebody give me it was I love those. I love when people give you four stars and they tell you just how fucking awesome you are uh-huh. and how amazing everything was. And I'm like, would you expecting a floor show? Like, what what could we have done to get that fifth star? Right. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, yeah, I know. see reviews like that all the time, and I think the same thing. I just give them the benefit of the doubt and say maybe they're just reserving that five for like something really fucking yeah. special. Yeah, you like know? I was but, gonna, like I pulled out the hibachi and just slapped it on the <laughs> table, you know, and just went to it. Yeah, but you know, I'm the same way because I'm like, to me, when I, when people review my stuff, anything less than perfect is a failure. I'm oh, the yeah. same way. I sit there and I will harp on that negative one, and it, it overshadows the good ones and I know I shouldn't let it do that but it does yeah I mean you know my wife is says I'm notorious for it you know everything will be a great day and then all of a sudden one thing will happen and I'm like oh it was a shitty day it's just it's yeah. all the hell yep. you know yep. and she was like okay did you wake up today okay you know are you healthy okay you know like we're good mm-hmm. you know and so you know I'm trying to start taking um, taking it taking stuff better um, because you're, you're just not going to please some people and some people just don't get it and it, you know what you understand is that you can't pick your customers your, your customers kind of pick you and so not everybody is truly your customer you right. don't you don't want every customer yep. right Like you, because that's whenever you know if you're not into the farm to table life then it's not going to be as this isn't going to be as like big for you you know what I mean like People that love us love us, and then people that don't, it's okay. I'm yep. okay with it. Yep. You know, for the longest time I wasn't, but now I could actually say that I kind of. Yeah. I'm okay well, with and it. one thing that's helped me is if you know, going back to the reviews, if someone leaves a shitty review, I go and look at reviews they've left, and they only review when something's bad. Right. Right. You know, right, right. it's it's yeah. all negative. They people only want a voice when it's bad. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, and then also when you think about, I was talking to somebody about this the other day that. There's a difference in like if you're reviewing conglomo, corporate, whatever, right? And then mom and pop places, right? So like we as a small business live and die by these things, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get a bad review and you get to chain those together and you know, you're 
you're fucked. Right. You're, you're up that raging creek yep. of shit that you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but whenever, but people are so quick to be so negative, and and not see the other side. And so I've had really, really, really bad experiences at restaurants before, and I. I normally will. What I will do, um, especially as an owner, as I will, I will uh, address it later. To like, I'll send them a message and be like, "Hey, I got mm-hmm. a question for you, real quick. Like, this kind of happened or whatever." And don't and not blast it publicly. Yep. Not saying that. Like, listen, if somebody, if it's something horrendous, like I'm all about it. If you come here to Farm Fresh Fast or to Seedlings and you just have the worst food and experience ever, absolutely, you're you know you're gonna. I'm, I give you full reins, right? Right, but you know, if you go somewhere and you're like, "Oh, I didn't like their tea," because you know, sweet mastivia, not sugar. Well, that's a preference, <laughs> right? You know right. what I mean? Like, but you'll get those people. But it, but it's okay. That's part of growing, though, too. And I think um, you've seen this because you've actually been doing this longer than I have, I believe. Um, you grow so much as an owner with every like negative thing, mm-hmm. and if you if you don't grow from it. Um, then it is a mistake or it is negative, but you know, I've had some really negative things happen, um, just over the time. And, you know, we actually made a catering one time and the catering was the next day. Like we made, we had a catering that we thought was on this day. Mm-hmm. And so we made the food and it was actually the next day. Oh jeez. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's what happens, but that, you know, and so what we do, we learn to make confirmation calls uh-huh. and make sure that, you know, all that kind of stuff's laid out and yada, yada. So um, I think it's just an ever, you know, the evolution of the business owner and the evolution of the customer. You know, I think, I think, though, that the more that we have interaction with stuff um, with our customers, though, that those reviews... There's a, there's a little bit of leniency. I don't want to say leniency because that sounds like they're accepting, you know... A version. I think. All right. So here's the thing. I've got this this thing that people are so used to a version of of not just the truth but a product. So like, or what people say. So if I say, you know, if, whatever I write out, you know, I think it should be this. Well, people are okay with if it is this ish. You know, like it's like a version of this, right? Yep. Like it's like, you know, you will get five star quality and this and this and this and then it, it's kind of that. But it's not. Yeah. You know I mean? And there, uh-huh. and people have become just so okay with it. Like, it's, it blows my mind whenever I see people that will go to said fast food restaurant. Y'all can go ahead and fill in the names of these. You go there and you ask for this, this, and this. And you get nowhere near that. Uh-huh. And you're, you're, you're fucking okay with it. Yeah. Because you didn't expect you'd get that anyway, right? right like, right. you know, you say no pickles. And that thing is loaded with pickles, you know, yep. maybe extra pickles on the side, you know, yep. and, and you're okay with that because you're so used to getting a version of not just the truth, but just the product and experience. Mm-hmm. And that sucks, right? I think that's, that's kind of why, you know, that's why I, I really want to talk to our customers, you know, like we don't do everything perfect, um, but we're okay with that. I think, right. I think the difference in us and a lot of people is like, we're okay we're comfortable with being uncomfortable. So like when we're out of stuff, you know, used to, it was like, Oh God, we don't have, we don't have green beans. Yeah. Oh God. And now we're like, yo guys, we're out of green beans. Sorry. You know, we have a crop coming in on Thursday. It's Tuesday. We ain't got them. We yep. ain't going to the store to get them. Yep. You know, this, and people are like, Oh, that's killer. You know, and then we just 
you know, they're they're fine with it. They get it. Yeah. You know what yep. I mean? And so I think that, that maybe our customer base, our customer base is evolving with that, you know, and uh, I don't know. Yep. Well, and, you know, like you were saying, talking to the customers, that's a big thing. So with my clothing company, it's luck. Fortunately for me, it's still small enough where that when I get an order, I can sift through the names, you know, on the back end of my website real quick, see if they've ever placed an order. And if they haven't, I'll call them because I already have their phone number and I'll, I'll thank them for the, for the order. You know, it's, it's good to be small. And one thing I've noticed, you know, people that are listening can't see this, but every single person we're recording from his restaurant. Now, every person that's come through the door has come over and said hello. Or, you know, even as we've been recording, you know, they they haven't interrupted, but they're waving, you know, he's, he's living by what he's preaching, you know, talking to people. And that's, you know, that's important. That's, I feel like a lot of businesses, you know, I have an internet business where I don't have to show my face or my name or anything like that. Right. I try to encourage all these customers to call me before we get started just so they can know who they're dealing with. Yeah. You got, I think that what's really cool is I think that our generation, even though, um, even though there's faults kind of in it that we're, I think what we're trying to do is really trying to humanize stuff. You know I mean? Humanize companies. I think when you humanize them, you connect with them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so let's keep it real. Nobody can see us coming in the door right now, but we have our pasture-raised chickens coming in whole right now. <laughs> um, they're dropped off at our other restaurant, so they're, that's their head sous chef over there. Um, but I think, though, that the more that people can humanize, you know, I think that's why um, Fixer Upper was so big, you know, like is or oh, whatever, yeah. you know, uh-huh. is that nobody nobody gave a shit about those houses. Nobody. Right. Nobody cared. You know yep. what I mean? Like, okay, we're going to put a barn door in. All right, cool. But they they tuned in because of the personalities, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it was just like some random dude, you know, just we're building this house and there was no personality, it would be the suck. It would never made it. Right? Yep. There's nothing behind There's nothing behind it. So essentially everybody turned tuned in for Chip and Joanna and to see what they're going to do and what crazy thing Chip was going to do yep. and all of that. And, you know, they self-admitted, you know, if you I listened to uh, my wife and I went down with her family to Disney for Christmas. And uh, if you get a chance to do that, don't ever do that. It's so, <laughs> so crazy busy. Oh, my God. Um, but we listened to uh, Chip's new book, Capital Gains, on the way down. And I'm a huge Chip Gaines fan. Not not fixer upper Chip, like just himself. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I. I'm a uh, kind of like like kind of like Andy Frisella. Like I get it, you got first form that's cool and supplement company, but like Andy for like his ideology on stuff, right? right. Like the just I don't care, you know. Like mm-hmm. I'm not here to impress you. I'm going to. I'm going to impress the hell out of you, right? right? But I'm I'm not going to have to, right? You're just going to uh-huh. be fucking impressed because I'm here, right? Yep. And I think it's awesome, um, but you know Chip Chip Gaines in this book was talking about how you know how it all came about and essentially. You know their their pilot sucked really bad. I was actually on uh, talking to Will Stewart from uh, Nine Eight Central about this today. Um, their pilot was horrible, and the TV people were like, "Oh, okay." And then then they brought out the B reel, mm-hmm. and it, the B reel showed Chip stuttering and mispronouncing stuff, and Joanna sitting beside him like r- rolling her eyes and just like what they do, right? And it was the most humanizing thing. Even though you just they, the producer's like, there it is, right there. So yeah. take this this stuff that nobody really cares about, and put this with the you know the laughy, cute couple stuff, and put that together, and we're gonna make a kick-ass show out of it. Uh-huh. And now Waco, Texas, you know, can thank Chip and Joanna for 
essentially everything that's happened in the last 10 years. Yeah, and that's one thing I've learned myself, even with this show, is, dude, when I started, I was so fucking terrified of sounding like an idiot. I would go through and listen to every single episode, and anytime I said, uh, or um, yeah. or had a pause or something, yeah. I would edit it out. I was like, uh-huh. this needs to be perfect. I was yeah. like, Nobody gives a shit. Dude, I've made a, I made a living of making myself look like an asshole, really. I mean, like, yeah. okay, I have, a, I have a PR lady, and I'll introduce her as like, oh, this is Amanda. This is the lady that keeps me from looking like an asshole all the time. And they, <laughs> they love it. They think it's hilarious, you know. So, But it's true, though. I mean, I, just because I'm really passionate about what I do, and just, uh-huh. just like with you, you know, you're really passionate about what you do. So you kind of come across as like this... You know, whatever, you know, this yep. crazy guy. And, you know, I had to I preface people like, dude, look, I'm all about some sustainable farm- farming. I'm not a tree hugging hippie guy. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I'm anything like that. But, you know, this is what I believe in. And when you believe in something and you really, really, really want to make a change and not just make a dollar, I'm a very, very big believer that if you just do what you're passionate about and you do the right thing, the, I mean, and underline that right thing. If you do the right thing, you're going to benefit. Right. right? And so, and I think you have to measure that, not success, not just by dollars, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, I think that if I did that, I'd be really, really sad right now. I haven't even cut myself a check since we opened this because I'm self-funded. Right. Uh So, um, but I think I'm, I think I'm two months away from being able to cut myself a check. Right. Because I think we'll have everything that we need by then. Yep. So maybe, maybe, yep, maybe, um, you know, but I think well, I just said um right there. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Oh, okay. you know, it's just a lot of extra fucking work cool. for me. Right. Yeah. So yeah, nobody wants more work. But I think that's I, I think that's though the key though is just doing really what you're passionate about. Like you told me ten years ago that I was going to have two restaurants, one or even any restaurants, let alone two, and I'm going to open them in the same year. There's nothing about that I wanted any part of, right? Uh huh. No, not at all. But now it's just one of those things where it just kind of, not to use the word again, but organically kind of happened, right? Yeah. And, and I think that what, I, what I'm loving about this is that we're not the ones that's just like, you know, raking it in or anything like that. Dude, our farmers are beyond excited because like I truly believe, I, I did a, uh, a, Upstate Forever sent me some things to do quotes on for their magazine and what they're putting out. And I got on my feels when I was reading it and like answering the questions because it's, it's not about us. You know, I've made it known that this, this is not about us. This is about the upstate community. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that we can help a broken system right now. Jack and Mary from Swamp Rabbit Cafe have done an amazing job. Like I'm such fanboys of what they've done mm-hmm. because they kind of like blaze the path, right? Of really of the farm to table, getting the awareness of local, all that kind of stuff. And they just have this killer fan base, right? And their killer fan base is crossover to our fan base too. But I, I just, I love what they've been doing. I love the energy that they put into everything. And, you know, I was asked um, by Lilia in the Greenville News about an upcoming project that um, they wanted me to weigh in on. And I was going through it and I was like, you know, what do I say about this? And again, not sound like an asshole or, you know, a know-it-all. And then I found out that um, Jack and Mary had a hand in it. And I was like, well, I mean, there's your answer. Like if they, they're helping out, there's, I feel great. Mm-hmm. You know, if they have a hand in it, you know, and I'm hoping that that's kind of the way it is now with, with Farm Fresh Fast. You know, yep. if we're doing something, you know, we don't have to, like, we didn't have to tell people what we're doing at Seedlings. They said there's, you know, there's this children's restaurant that's opening up in the Children's Museum. Yeah. Right? At the Children's Museum in the Upstate. And it's owned by Farm Fresh Fast. 
nobody asked questions. They already knew it was going to be farm the table. They didn't have to ask, right. you know. And I think that's that that was a that was a moment. That was my aha moment. You know, what I mean, like I, I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, like they people get it. Mm-hmm. You know, and now I'll be at Walmart. Like it started off here. Like people, I know a lot of people in the upstate, of course. But then, um, funny story, we're at Target one time my wife and I and I drug her out of the house and she was I was like come on you know I want you to go with me I don't want to go and I had to go pick up something you know, like you really don't need anything from Target like we get really bored yeah. in my house <laughs> we'll just fucking go to Target right and because uh, there's always something you, that you need at Target that you had no idea about um, but we go to Target and she uh, is wearing I'm preface this that she's wearing like sweatpants Ugg boots no makeup I don't even think she had a bra on I don't know and then um, you know I think a sweatshirt. I don't know. Just you know, yeah. Her her girl. She was yeah, doing, comfortable. Yeah, it's just very yeah. comfortable, right? Still beautiful as all get out, but very comfortable, right? So we go to Target and we're walking through and we're looking at um, cards for whatever holiday was coming up. And I look down the aisle and there's a lady that was like stopped staring at us and kept walking. And then I looked and she came like up the next aisle and like just kind of looking and just like walking around. I said. Kaylee, I think this lady thinks we're shoplifting. And she's like, what? I said, I swear to God, this lady is just like really, really weird. And so she's like, I don't know. So then it, this happened like two or three times with this lady, right? And finally, we're like getting ready to leave. And she comes up. She goes, I don't want to be rude. I'm so sorry. But aren't you the Farm Fresh Fast people? No, aren't you the Farm Fresh people? And I was like, you mean Farm Fresh Fast? And she was like, yeah, I knew it was you. Oh, my God. We've been following you since day one. I think it's so great what you all have been doing. The look on my wife's face, she was mortified. <laughs> she was mortified. She looked after this lady walked away. She looked at me with the most stern. I've known the, I've known my wife now for three, going on four years, right? She looked at me and said, "I am never, ever coming to Target again. I cannot even show my." Face. I'm like, you know, and I thought it was great because like it, it's just it's just what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um. Yesterday, I went, to, you know, it's out now. Um, we're going to be doing a TV show, right? And I went yesterday to sign on papers, and I had, like, pig shit on my pants because yeah. we were at a farm, you know, yesterday morning. I literally, like, took my boots off and, like, put my vans on. And uh, it, it's just so funny, man, because I don't, like you, I don't look like a normal business. And, you know, I don't know yep. if there's, like, a prototype, oh, yeah. right? Yep. So, like... What's kind of cool? How old are you? 30. Thir- oh my God, me too. Yeah. How about that? Um, but so that being said, like my staff, I'm like the old, old guy on my staff, right? Like I'm the older guy mm-hmm. um, that I had to be an authority figure, you know, with everything. But then you go to like the commerce club or the chamber Right. Or something like that. And I'm this young little whiz kid, you know, oh, you know, with his tattoos and his flat bill, you know, and yeah. whatever and show up ready to have a rowdy party, you know, and, and it's just different, man. You know, we had to I had to play to so many different crowds. And um I think it's I think it's cool though, because now it's I think at first nobody really understood or respected anything, right? They they were just like, okay, you know, so many restaurants open in Greenville. Have you? Have you right. I mean, it's just a yeah. ton, right? Uh-huh. And then like it's like every at least once a week. This is honest, God's truth. If you look, if you look back, and then like the last probably three months uh, or two months of social media of Greenville, however you want to follow it, there's been at least once a week one, if not more, restaurant closings. Yep. Right. And 
that blows my mind, right? Because most of these, like, um, there's one that actually closed. I found out like two days ago. It's, it's only a matter of time. Like you, like it's one thing if you drive by one place at a certain time every day. Like if you came here at like three p.m. or four p.m. No, two, two or four. It depends. I mean, somewhere in there, there might not be anybody here. That's like the slow time for every restaurant. But if you go to my restaurant at like I don't know. 1230, one o'clock and nobody's there. Yep. There's probably a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and there's two that were, um, is a franchise. I don't talk about other, I don't talk. If you, I like to be known that if you hear a negative comment about a restaurant or any business from me, it's not true. Cause I I never, I never name restaurants or anything, you know? So, um, just to let your listeners know. Yeah. Yeah. But, there was a, it was a, it was a chain so like multi million dollar backed you know they mm-hmm. had to do the research they had to do you know <laughs> I, I had somebody I had a developer that actually was looking at the space they, they apparently looked at the space before we came here and they're like you know what you know we were going to buy this building but we we just didn't know like what kind of market research did you do and I was like well. I pulled in and I saw <laughs> I saw Shit. these apartment buildings across the road and then I uh, I looked and I was like well that over there is Cleveland Street and that's Augusta Road and I'm pretty sure these guys would uh, like to party so and that's literally like no exaggeration um, you know this was still a, a crappy little place here you know when I when I we started here there was no walls mm-hmm. so imagine no walls here for your, your audience, there's no walls in a building. The building's about total maybe 15,000 square feet, you know, this this area mm-hmm. all through here. No walls, no windows, no nothing, right? And if you look now, you know, we have a little, like, farm stand, tin roof thing. and Yeah, I'm going to do it like a video, and I'll put it on my Instagram for everybody. You know, I'll post it when this goes goes yeah. up on the website, but that way they can see it. And that, uh, that, that brings me to a point of, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, that chain business that, that closed down because that's set up to succeed. And, you know, forgive me, but this, this kind of model is set up to fail just because of logistics and being self-financed and all this kind of stuff. So that's, that's what I think about, you know, when, when I first heard of you, like, so I'd heard about the place and then I started hearing people talk about you, you know, right. Selena and a few other people that right. know you, or even when I was getting my hair cut, they're like, oh yeah, we know him, he's great. Uh, Liberty, dude. I love Liberty. Every Everyone was a fan of yours and I'm a firm believer in this model doesn't work without you. You know, just well, like I, I had a, a lady approach me about buying my clothing thing and I said, forgive me, this is going to sound really egotistical, but it doesn't work without me. Right, right, right. I get that. Um, Shout out to Liberty, by the way. Uh huh. Yeah, they're they're yep. awesome. Josh and hit that rowdy. Speaking of a rowdy crew, I love those guys. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Um, they do a great job out there. That's where I get my haircut. I do mm-hmm. sign off on them. I don't put my name on many people, but yep. those guys yep. are awesome. Um, but yeah, you know what's crazy though is that um, I'll tell you a little secret on that is that the restaurant itself now is self-sustainable other than I mean of course the farming is a big thing but like my goal was to let me tell you how dumb I was when I came into this I thought that I was going to be able to be like all right, cool I'm just going to hire the people I like to hire people to do what I'm not good at and I'm going to do what I'm good at Yep. and then we're going to kick ass together right well that works except in a restaurant right because like 
we I don't even know what I thought it was going to be I really don't um, looking back because everybody's like you know we didn't come for three months because there's a line out the door every day and I didn't expect that you know like I didn't I didn't know what to expect you know mm-hmm. like I knew that we had to make money on day one to pay bills on day three right right yep. because you know it sounds great it's a great story to say you're self-financed you know and it sounds like really cool but let me tell you how hard that is and let me tell you how that was not planned right mm-hmm. so I I went to places you know like Fundera I'll throw them out there because they wouldn't give me a dollar and then I got a contact from them for like three months after we opened mm-hmm. and they're like man we'd love to give you X amount of dollars <laughs> and this is honest guys truth um, girl's name was I think it was Lacey so it'd be awesome if Lacey heard this but she's probably I don't know but she was like hey I really want to give you uh, $50,000 in working capital and I sat there for a second and immediately just got enraged like completely raised I was like you know what Lacey we'll say Lacey because I think it's what it was you know Lacey go fuck yourself and she was like excuse me like just mortified excuse me I was like well here's the thing when I needed that 50,000 y'all wouldn't give me 500 right you know now I don't I don't need your money not that we're made of money but I'm just saying that that that's where it was at that I wouldn't take a I wouldn't take a dollar from them if they because I really did need it like I was asking for ten thousand dollars that's mm-hmm. what I needed I needed ten thousand working capital to make sure that I could pay my farmers right then and all that kind of stuff because I don't believe in this like oh I'll get you later right, stuff, right? Yep. like that's just not me and because like later I might buy like a four wheeler or something like that you know and forget mm-hmm. that I owe you money so I don't yeah. do that. So, um, but you know we nobody would give me money because like you said it's hard restaurants are really hard it's unproven okay unproven concept I'm a young dude, right? I'm sure my appearance with tattoos and stuff doesn't really oh, yeah. help either. Yeah, yeah. And I so um, I get that all the time, right? Um, but nobody would give me money. Nobody would finance it. And so we just had to make it work. Like we literally had to make it work. While we're building, you know, building this out, it was some lean times. You know, mm-hmm. my wife and I didn't go on a vacation. But the first station vacation, we didn't go on a honeymoon. We got married in August. Right, August nineteenth of this past year, as in like last year, mm-hmm. and we still have not went on a honeymoon. We went on a. Let me tell you how this. Was. So, I whenever I was building this out, I only had five thousand dollars of working capital at one time on a credit card. Right. Well, the great people at Chase saw that I was building it up, paying it right off, building it up, paying it right off. Right. So I went, they, they're only people that would extend me a credit line, right? Even the own bank that I've been with for like 15 years, still wouldn't. So um, all the points that we built up on that, we've, we went to New York and didn't pay, didn't pay shit, right? We stayed in Times Square and didn't pay shit. Using points, flights, mm-hmm. everything, yep. right? Um, so that was killer. But we, haven't went on a, we still haven't went on a, a honeymoon. And that there's so much that speaks to my wife of how she is. We are meant to be together because she has put up with so much shit over this past time. Like, if there's anybody else, I would be totally single. Yeah, totally single, man. No, but seriously, like, there's so much that goes into this. Like, just you know how it is. Oh, Countless yeah. hours, you know, stress on stuff. Um, and so when we didn't have the money to pay to get. You know, to update it'd been great at the time to be able to say, All right, cool, here's your finished product website. 
there's nothing you need to do. You know, we're on retainer like we have now with Bridge Media. Um, you know, we did everything. They gave us a shell, and uh-huh. we took our own pictures. Yep. We did all that stuff, right? And I'm, and I'm looking back. I was looking back the other day um, when we got our new website at the old pictures that were in the library, and I was like, Jesus Christ, how did we even sell anything at all? It was the worst, it was the worst stuff. But um, I think it was, you know, the, I think the concept just kind of mm-hmm. rang into it, you know, and, um, you know, we got really way off on what we were talking about, but no, 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 that's we, fine. And that's, you know, that's one thing I've learned is, and I've learned to appreciate as a business owner is I like watching the growth of a company. Yeah. You know, if your pictures aren't that great in the beginning, but I see them starting to get better or, you know, I see momentum starting to build even for companies. I don't even know. I follow random companies on Instagram just to kind of see what different people are doing. And when I see them start to crush it, it fucking inspires me. Yeah, man. You know, it's- it, it, that's what's really cool. I, and, and that kind of speaks on on a group that I was following for a while. Um, we don't follow many people on, on Instagram. Um, we, we I think we put out some pretty good content. We have a ton of followers. But um, we had somebody. So when I, I, I was looking through who was following us, and I saw these people called uh, Dogwood Custom Knives. Mm-hmm. And they kept liking our stuff. And I was like, all right, let me see what you do. So I looked on there. This is the manliest shit you've ever seen. Oh yeah. Oh my god, dude! Like yeah. they're, they're taking, you know, they're forging these knives. You know, they're forging the steel into these beautiful, essentially works of art, right? Mm-hmm. Custom making handles for people. Like they, they they have this resin handle, like, and, and it has um, beer hops. Okay. They do that. They do a chef's knife with like rosemary and thyme, and it's oh, beautiful. Wow. So like it only look like, but it's like legit. You remember like. Um, Jurassic Park when they had the uh, the mosquito yeah, and the ember. Amber. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. just like that, yep. right? It's so killer, but it's clear, so like you can definitely see what it is. Um, so I was just watching this. They had these videos, and you know, I'm a big video guy. Like I, you know, we don't watch still still pictures on a TV screen. We watch we watch video. So I'm really a big video guy. Mm-hmm. And you get, I think you engage a lot of people, engage people that way, and. I was watching their stuff and I was like, dude, these guys are killer. Like, this is so cool. This is the manliest shit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And so then I just shot them a message straight up. Just said, hey, guys, I think what you all are doing is killer. You all are uh, complete artisans of your craft. Keep it up. Right. I mean, who am I saying keep it up there? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, they messaged back. Come to find out they're huge fanboys of what we're doing. Huge. Right. And, and the, we've been following you and yada, yada and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, that's super cool. So I said, no, I would love to talk to you about more about stuff. You know, why don't you come in as the owner? His name's Dan. I said, Dan, why don't you come in and have lunch with me one day at Farm Fresh, and we'll we'll talk about stuff. He comes in here and he brings this, you know, <laughs> this thing of knives. You know, it's just like, and to me, it was to me, it was like porn. You know, mm-hmm. he just unrolls this, unveils oh, yeah. these knives, and it was just they're so beautiful, and you know, the just the amount of time, like you, like I, I totally respect time. I never understood that, like. When you're broke, you don't respect time. Right. right? Exactly. At all. Period. Uh-huh. But then, um, you know, when you really start respect time, then you really start respecting, you know, like the money and, and everything that goes into it and how much value that your time really has and stuff yep. like that. And because I remember that when I was completely broke, um, I'm sure we'll get to this later, but when I, when I was completely broke, I had a lot of time. Oh, yeah. A lot of time. Yep. And, you know... And and it's just great to, to to get to to get to the point where you really respect not just your time but other people's time, 
in everything. I used to be late to a lot of stuff, notoriously late. Mm-hmm. Like, I, fashionably late. Get the hell out of here. You yeah, know what I mean? It's funny. Like, when you've got more time, you're, you're late. You yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that my time is really tight, I'm yeah. way better. About oh, dude, because I respect because everybody else's time, exactly. right? You know, and it kills yep. me when people are late. Like, it, or I tell you what else kills me. My, I think my biggest pet peeve is when somebody wants to do something with us, or they they contact us about something, they have, or a job interview. Mm-hmm. If you apply for a job, you better know what the hell these people do, right? Because right. we could, you know, farm for we could be torturing animals, mm-hmm. and that could be what we do. But you have no idea. You just apply for a job for us, right? You know, so. You know, I, it's so weird though to to you know to see that um, that people do that. People mm-hmm. will come to me for a job, and I'm like, "Cool, what do you know about us?" Well, I, I threw out a bunch of you know, or who's calling? Yeah, I'm like, "Bro, come on now." All right, but um, let's just say they don't make it to the second round. Oh yeah, right? yep. Um, but I, whenever when I was sitting here with Dan, looking at stuff and, and talking to him about this, like. He told me one of the coolest things. Like, I'm looking at these knives and this beautiful product and everything. And it, he said, why he loves what he does is because every knife has a story. Every single knife that leaves his shop has a story. And I was like, man, that's the coolest damn thing ever. Mm-hmm. Because we look at the same thing and, like, every every carrot to us here has a story. Right? right. Everything that we that we serve here has a story. And we like we love to show people where that story started. You know, like like Star Wars. You know, in all reality, we everybody started Episode Four, right? So you're like right in the middle of the party. You know, like boom, right there. And so then they had to go back and be like, oh, and by the way, this happened. And this is why this happened because yeah. of this. You know, and so like that's kind of what we're doing. Like, all right, you got this food scene, right? And now we're like, yeah, yeah, but let's show them like Episodes One, Two, and Three. Yep. You know, see, show you how Vader came to be what he right. is now, right? Yep. So. We, we show you how the carrot got to your plate kind of thing. And, you know, and that was, I don't know, the way that he, he talked about it, he just really spoke to me. I saw a lot of, of, of my values in him. And so we were talking about everything and um, come to find out, you know, he's like, man, I really want to really be a part of what you're doing. And I was like, dude, I would love, you know, I would love that. That'd be mm-hmm. awesome. It's just symbiotic, right? Like it, we use knives, you make knives. Oh, right, my God, right. you know. But his knives are, are very um, detailed and, and very expensive, right? And so, you know, we were talking about how we can how we can work together on that, and you know, we we came to to this conclusion that you know we want to use we definitely it might not be the best fit in a restaurant, right? Like we don't need it's really cool, mm-hmm. but like this is used and abused, right? Like if I'm here and I have this knife, it's it's great, right? But when we talk, about, we're talking about like a handmade, hand forged, hand sharpened, custom handle. They take the handle and they make it to your hand, right? Right. Like it, it, it fits your hand. Like yeah. you pick up my knife, you're like, oh, it's a cool knife, but it doesn't fit my hand. Uh-huh. This one fits my hand, my fat finger hand. It fits <laughs> my fat fingers, right? And and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And so you know. Now we're working together on this TV thing, and they're going to be providing the knives for us mm-hmm. for for the TV show. Oh, perfect! Oh, and it's killer, man. I mean, like, and, and if if I'd been talking to sales rep, whoever, you know, it wouldn't have been like that, you right. know. But then this guy that does, he's so proud of what he does, and it just made my day talking to him about it and seeing like somebody else take so much pride in what they do, like I do with my companies, right? So. 
and he just he's so involved. It'd be, it'd be like if I made every single dish here, right? I'm mm-hmm. not a chef, right? I can do anything that we have to do here. I'm not above scrubbing floor. My people know if if I'm scrubbing floors, their ass better be on the floor scrubbing yep. floors, right? Because they know I'm the one that it will go in here and I'll send. I've been here before, and they they saw it firsthand. Whenever I walked into the bathroom, bathrooms like is a hot button. When it comes to restaurants, right? Like mm-hmm. they, everybody wants these the really clean bathrooms. Well, we were doing we were doing meal prep on a Saturday in here, and there was only one guy that was here, one one male chef, right? And he's here, and the other ones are females. And I walked in the bathroom, and there was a bunch of paper towels in the floor, and I was like, "Huh, it's two p.m. He's peed by now," you know. I walked out and I said, hey, has anybody been in the men's bathroom? And he said, I have. I said, okay, well, do me a favor. I need you to go home. And he's like, what? I was like, I need you to go home. And he's like, what? what are you talking about? I was like, you walked in the bathroom and you saw that and you didn't have enough respect for me or your job mm-hmm. to even pick that up, right? So I literally sent him home because I said, I don't want people here if you're not going to respect me and you're not going to respect your job enough, your yep. own job, mm-hmm. you know, that, you, that if your own workplace, that you will allow it to not be the most superior that it could be. It takes you two seconds to pick that up. Right? Yeah. And my whole staff was like, well, half of them are like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> this guy is freaking nuts. But, but they got it, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And, and that's, that's my thing too. With all my stuff, you know, it's still just me. I'm a one man army, so that's not an issue. But as, you know, as someone who is a trainer, you'll appreciate this. Like it drives me fucking nuts when people don't put their stuff up at the gym. Ugh. And it's the biggest reason. It's not that I mind. Hey, I'll do the work that you're not willing to do. That's right. fine. But it's a respect thing for me. It's you don't respect me and the other people in here enough to clean up. Yeah. To me, it's essentially we're roommates, and this is the common area. This is the kitchen. Right. And you not putting your weights back is the same as you not doing the dishes that you put in the sink. Like, yeah. And that doesn't fly for me. So right. I can only imagine as a business owner, it's next. Because I get so intense about it, dude. I used to call people out. And what would happen is I would get a little too aggressive and it would turn into something that it didn't need to. So now I can't even say shit to dudes at the gym that don't put their stuff back because I let myself get too worked up about that. So I can imagine as a business owner. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I I read something the other day that was probably one of the best things I've read in a long time. It was in in, in Entrepreneur Magazine, and it was the previous CFO of Panera Bread. And he had been there for 30 years, right? And they were asking him questions like, the, one of the questions was, or I'm, actually, I think it was the whole article was on this, was what is one thing that you would have done differently over the last 30 years that you that you didn't do? And his answer was, I would have fired more people. And immediately I got really interested in this article, mm-hmm. right? Because I was like, damn, that's really deep. But then you read it and, it, and it spoke to me because he said, you know, over the years, I've had so many people that want to talk about what they what they can do or whatever, but then they can't follow through. Or they get so complacent and comfortable in their job that they don't do, again, the version. Like, they did their job 2.0, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they did it, but it wasn't exactly how it was supposed to be done, right? Right. And he said, I condone so much of that. And so what actually I did is I actually enabled them to suck, right? So then I get really mad because I'm condoning, you know, like, I've let this go on for so long, it's now a habit. And now they're consistently sucking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wouldn't fire them. 
and so he said the one time he had a guy that he outgrew this guy just stopped doing his job for like two to three years like he just he just was bored with it and he just half-assed it he's on yep. salary or whatever and finally he said it was a good friend of his though so he he had that like camaraderie thing yeah and that's hard you know that's why they say don't hire family friends mm-hmm. or family and so he had this camaraderie thing with this guy and he said that finally one day they came together and they they decided to part ways equally right he said like three years later the guy came back and was so mad at him he's like why did you not fire me way before then 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 when I left mm-hmm. he's like what do you mean he's like I became the laziest piece of shit ever he's like when I went to my other job it was the same thing I was doing here and I was I was fired in like three weeks yeah. and it was because and it was He's like, I, I was the same stuff I was doing there, you yep. know, and and that really spoke to me because there's so many times that you know you you want to believe in people, you want to believe in helping people, and I'm all about it. I, I tell people right here that we don't actually don't have we don't have chefs, we groom leaders. Mm-hmm. So I need I don't need everybody here making executive decisions, but I need people that that have enough knowledge to make it the initiative, right? And that's how and my, my staff knows that I take care of my staff you can ask anybody here at either location they're all stupid loyal to me because I take care of them right but they also know that if they do their job and they do exactly what they're supposed to do and it doesn't mean that like they gotta like I love for them to go above and beyond they know they need to because when I'm here they know mm-hmm. it's my expectation right yep. like everybody's talking to customers like you said earlier like there's just this next level but you know the, the 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 idea that they that they have of of just being a leader. You know of of, of being able to to pick each other up. You know mm-hmm. to be able to you know if we all have bad days, but if we you know, but there's a way of being able to to mitigate that. You know and help somebody. You know and literally like there's times I come up and I, and I'll, I'll only thing I have to say is it's time to be a leader. And you just get that, like, fuck yeah, not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you're right, you know, yep. like, you know, and I'll say, or I'll say, what's wrong? I'm having a bad day, man. I had this. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, now it's time to be a leader. It's easy. When shit is down, it's easy to be down. The hardest thing is whenever, you know, just shit's crazy, you know, you, you don't have money, you don't have, you don't have any means of anything, you don't have, you know, a lot going on. It's easy to be down. It's mm-hmm. hard to pick that up, especially when other people, like whenever other people are looking at what you're doing, right? Right. So, um, you know, it's so much easier at that point, though, to be down. But to stay up, that's whenever you persevere, right? Because, like, when, if you if you just give up at that point, you you can't give up when it gets hard. You know, I think I I always think about when stuff gets hard. You know, it's testing you, but not even just that. Not even on like a, a religious level, but like. When things are hard, it's almost like it's almost like on the steel. You know, like you're you're hardening that steel. Yeah. You know, so this time it was tough. You know what I mean? Like whatever happened this time it was tough. Next time you've done it before, you've been through it, right? And that's why I'm saying like when things are negative, if you just learn from it or you you realize it, you realize that shit was bad. Now shit's not bad. What do we do to make it not bad? Because next time it comes around, it ain't it's nothing, mm-hmm. right? You've already been through, been there, done that. You know, like. 
And I, I think that's the difference, though, in, in people, though, too, is that not not everybody has that. Right. Yep. You know, and that's why, you know, it blows my mind. I was talking, uh, I went to West Virginia University, and I was talking to one of the people about, they want me to come speak at their entrepreneur um, class, I guess they do. I was like, how do you have a class for entrepreneurs? Like, yeah. what, what, do you, what are you teaching there? You know, yeah. like, is this... Is it like a MBA leadership course or like, you know, what, what is the curriculum for an entrepreneur? Because I would have loved to read that book, right. but I tried to read the book, the restaurant for dummies book. And I, I there's, you know, there's, there's no way I could read anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just kind of like, um, real world experience is so much more than what you read on stuff. Right. Like, right. you know, you can read, you can read about how to do something all day long, but it's never going to happen how it is. You know, that's like I always hear about nursing. Like nurses are the backbone of the medical field, um, normally doing, you know, carrying out the orders of the doctors, and they just don't get the recognition or the pay like the doctors as well. Right. But, um, you know, half this, I hear all the time that 80% of the stuff that they that they go through, they learn, like, in the field. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the 28% of the stuff is great, but, you know, 80% of the time, it doesn't even happen that way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, yep. you had to be able to, to mold to that. So Yeah, and people spend so much time trying to prepare for what they're about to do. The easiest way is to just jump in. You know, don't don't jump in with nothing. You know, right. do a little bit of research. But right. that's how I learned everything. The clothing thing, that you know, I didn't have the money to pay someone to build a website for that. So I went to Squarespace because I knew I could build the website without paying anything right. and even see if I could do it. And it wasn't exactly what I wanted, but it worked. It sold product, you know, and then I learned and I tweaked it. And then I went on to build a second website and a third website. Right. And I'm still not a website builder, but I learned by jumping in that, you know, that's that's a big business is, is website. So that's three grand, five grand, and then paying for revisions and all this shit. Well, now I don't have to do that because I just jumped in. I didn't read any books. I didn't do anything. I heard about a template thing, and I yeah. went for it. Yeah, but not, you know what's what's great though, kind of about life and business is that not everybody's going to do that. And right. That just means that there's less of the top. Mm-hmm. You know, and if everybody could do that, then they wouldn't work for you either. Right. You know, that's yep. like, you know, I tell my all my staff, I say, you know, I need you all to be able. I need you all to do what I need you to do, right? You don't have to worry about the marketing. You don't have to worry about the bills. You don't have to worry about anything else. I will do that. All you have to do is your job. If, but if you, if I'm over here on the grill because we can't get this done, then you know this is not going to happen, right? Right. And this over here is actually what pays you to be able to do this right here. Mm-hmm. So how is it fair that I have to do both, right? Right. And but if they could do this over here that I need to do, then it wouldn't work for me. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, a selfish part of me is glad there's some people out there not willing to take those chances because they do a lot of the jobs that I wouldn't want to have to do myself. What's a calculated risk? You You know, know, like you said, it's going into something, you know, you have to be, I think you should be calculated in everything that you do, you know, just off the cuff kind of stuff. You know, I just wouldn't throw 10 grand into the ring at at you know the stock market, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of like, oh, that sounds really cool, and you just throw it to it. You know, that's a the the the, uh, the name's really cool, so I'm gonna throw you know ten grand at it. You have to have an educated, almost like an educated guess, or you know, educated side of it to be a calculated risk. Yep. You know, and just making sure that that it is a risk. Yes, it's still a risk. Just like Farm Fresh Fast was a huge risk, um, 
but we took a calculated risk in the fact that we had another space that was already built out way smaller than this, not as nice, not in a great location. That was already built out though. So if we really wanted to do just meal prep, it would have been just fine. But the rent was actually, um, well, it probably would have been about the same because um, it was all inclusive. But this it, this would never have happened. Yeah. Like none of this would ever happen. Like we would have, God, we would have struggled so hard, right? And I'm okay with struggle. Like I'm totally fine. My wife will tell you that I thrive in chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we're here, and I was at a meeting. I had a meeting here uh, the other day. I think it was on Monday. Monday or Tuesday. No, I think it was Tuesday because Mondays and Fridays we normally staff way up because we're really, really, really busy at lunch and mm-hmm. then we had to back up for stuff for dinner. And I think it was like a Tuesday and we only had our like regular shift or regular crew on. And I was in this meeting and I look and there's just a shit ton of people that came in. Right? I'm talking about like every table, every place in here was full. There was standing room only. Oh, and I'm sitting here. Actually, it was uh, with the chamber. It was I was here meeting with the the Greenville Chamber. And we actually stood up, you know, we're like, we were at a table and I was like, well, we, I'm sorry, we have people that need to sit down, yeah. you know? And so, um, you, you know, it's just, it's, this never would have happened, yeah. you know? And, and I think that's, I think it's what's really cool was about the people that I, I, I really value and respect people that take risk, mm-hmm. you know? And it's hard to really take a risk now more so like think of back in the day where there's no internet, no Google, right? right. Like I could google right now of what the scariest job is you know what i mean like uh-huh. you don't know what scariest job was until you like got into that scariest job you know right, what I mean? or you right. heard from somebody what it was and yep. so you know now we have such a platform that it's you know you can really make these educated guesses and and stuff and i mean my god you're you're you have every bit of knowledge at your fingertips all the time now so like to not be educated is kind of kind of crazy dude and that's what drives me fucking nuts is you know i have all my friends mentioned you know they've got this idea or this idea i say act on it well i don't know how to do this part i don't know how to do this part you've got the internet with every bit of information that was ever recorded i didn't you know i uh i have a ged i didn't go to college or anything like that i kind of figured it out and i'm not crushing it financially but i'm making it you know and it's getting better every day that goes back to how you measure success though right you know what i mean like I, th- I think it's really, that's the best part of life is that, you know, we're all different. Mm-hmm. You know, when we all measure stuff differently, you know, I don't measure success by, by money because at one point in my life, I didn't have money. I was, li- when I met my wife, I was homeless. All right. So like, that's not something that I really like throw out. Like, right. I don't ever promote myself over like dumb shit like that. Yeah. Like, not rags and riches. Shit, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But I mean, if we're going to be real on this, you know, I'd rather be real. Yeah. Um, but I got evicted out of my apartment because I have a Great Dane. I'm a huge Great Dane guy, right? Like, love Great Danes. Everything about, I will always have a Great Dane. My wife knows this. I'm like, hey, by the way, so this whole, like, getting married thing, we always have to have a Great Dane, right? (laughs) Like, and so I had a Great Dane, and she has really bad separation anxiety. Still have this Dane. And um, she would bark all day when I was gone. There's nothing I could do. I had to go to work, right? So the apartment complex is like, and I was not making m- enough money to pay for doggy daycare. So right. go ahead and throw that right. out the door, yeah. right? Because um, I can see somebody send me a message like, well, you could have. Dude, it's expensive Oh, my fuck. God, like, right? Oh, my God. And then you get a great day. So everything's more expensive and you're doing, anyway. But, so I got evicted. Mm-hmm. And I had nowhere to go. I had no money, man. I had zero money. I was l- making it. That's it. Right. right? Like, working out not being able to buy my protein powder kind of thing going mm-hmm. on. Right. So I, uh, 
I lived out of my car for a couple of nights because I didn't have enough money for um, for a hotel room. Not mm-hmm. hotel, excuse me, motel room. Yeah. So um, when my when I met my wife the first time, I wasn't even driving my car. I was um, in Tampa. I was Alfonso Soriano. Do you know him from the Yankees? He was a he's an outfielder for the Yankees, outfielder for the Cubs. He's retired now, but yeah. he was it, he's awesome, awesome guy. Google him. Um, one of the nicest guys, eighty million net worth, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't know that he had a dollar, right? He's just amazing guy, and uh, come from nothing again, like playing stickball down in um, wherever he's Dominican, where he's mm-hmm. from, right? Um, he had car, he had a, he was telling me about how his first glove was two pieces of cardboard that were taped together, right, on the ends, and so he'd put his hand in there, and he would, and they would hit rocks. With with broom handles, and that's why this why he was just he crushed it, dude. He was yeah. amazing. I, the first time I met him, I'm a huge Pirates fan, Pirates, Steelers, Pens, right? Uh-huh. And so I told him, I was like, dude, I used to trade for you on Major League Baseball, like on PlayStation, and you would t- I'd have to get rid of my whole fucking team. You took up every bit of my salary <laughs> cap. He just, he just he loved it. He thought it was hilarious. But um, when I met my wife, when I got off the plane, I mean, when she got off the plane. Um, that that day, I had my my um, had a Jeep Liberty, and that was the worst car I've ever had. I will say that, and it was in the shop, right? And so, I was training Alfonso that day. I'm like, "Hey, man, I got a question for you. Is there any way I had no money for Uber, right? Like, that's not even a chance." And I lived in in Lutz, Florida, and I had to go all the way to St. Pete to pick her up. And I was like, "Is there any way that you could take me to?" go pick up my this girl is going to visit me at the time and he was like man you know I'm really sorry I don't have time but you can take my car he's like I gotta go get the kids and stuff like that and he's like after we get done here we'll just go to my house and go pick up my car and you can just drive it oh, week, right? so I didn't really think about it right like I was like alright that's super I was no 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 I just need you to give me a ride or whatever and he's like I, you know gotta go pick up my kids yada yada so we're, go, we're on the way back and we're riding in his Escalade back to his house and He's like, man, you know what? Because he was going to give me the Escalade to drive. And then he was like, you know what, man? I need to go pick up my kids. I forgot. So um, I'm just going to give you my car to take. I was like, okay, whatever. Homeboy opens up the, the garage doors, and it's a, his brand-new two-door Bentley. Oh, boy. Right? So here I am. Now, how long have you guys been friends? Oh, like a stuff? year at this point, oh, right? Okay. So, like, yeah. you know, we went to his house. You know, I could tell you the greatest story, one of the greatest greatest guys ever ever but this is a classic story in that he opened and he just hands me the keys he's like all right man see you see you on monday and it's the friday i'm like no 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 no." you know like so anyway he's like you just keep it as long as you need to i'm like dude i'm not gonna keep it bentley you know like he, he, he didn't care like he did not care his wife loved me he's so so the most gracious people ever how old were you oh this is a couple of years ago okay this is like three years ago right gotcha but um Anyway, so I go pick up my my wife, my now wife, and she gets off the plane, <laughs> and there's this Bentley. I didn't even tell her. I didn't even. Say, I didn't, she was on the plane. I was posting like Instagram pics, like I oh, made yeah, it, you know. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, she gets out there, and she's like, "You gotta be kidding me!" And I was like, "You know, it's not mine, you know, because she she knew my deal." And um, so the first time I met my now wife, she was I was right, driving a Bentley, no house, but I had a Bentley. Right. But I, actually, at that time, I I. Um, I was living in a motel in, in Tampa, in the sketchiest part of town. And I think it was only like 
maybe like 40 bucks a night. So you can go ahead and let you know. You know, let you know. Where oh, I'm. yeah. But what's yeah. great, though, is my, my great thing female, she's um, she's about 165 pounds right now. She She's a big girl, right? Mm-hmm. And she would, she's the nicest dog, but she would eat somebody alive from my wife. I mean, me too, but like more my wife right. now. I don't know why. Like she just, she just kind of mothers my wife a little bit. Mm-hmm. But she would, I'm serious, she would eat somebody's face off. Like, I can leave, I could go out, and she could post on social media that she's home alone. I could care less because I know that my dog, right? you know, to worry about it. Yeah. Grown-ass man would be take off running, I promise you. Yep. But uh, that's just kind of where life leads you, though. You know, yeah. like, the whole, like, not having money. The And this the way that I got the money for a meal prep company for the website is that I had a motorcycle. So, um, long story short, Pet Boy's totally messed up my car right my, my jeep liberty when i had it in the mm-hmm. shop so they had to buy my car back from me they had to buy my liberty back from me right so i took that money and like a good 26 27 year old guy i went and bought a motorcycle and i was like i'm just gonna ride a motorcycle right yep. i'm gonna make this worth my i while. went through that stage yeah and um so i got this you know i was riding my my jigzer and um this is no shit my motorcycle got stolen after like maybe I don't know two three months or whatever, and the money that I got out of, off the insurance from that is what I used whenever we my wife and I got together we moved up to North Carolina to start the meal prep company. So you know I lived up there. We lived in Winston for maybe a month together, mm-hmm. and then we moved here because she was going to be um, she was finishing up her degree at Clemson. Yep, and so we just it's just crazy again. If, even if you don't believe in a higher power, you know, like something, mm-hmm. you know, this all, it's just insane how all this has worked out. And that's why like people are like, Oh my God, you're so humble about just, because I downplay everything that we do. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, I, I don't even understand it. I really don't. I, re- I don't understand like how sitting here with these custom made tables from locally from a guy that, you know, just, Everybody, I don't know. It's just everybody believed in everything so much that like they wanted us to succeed, mm-hmm. right? Because I guess because no, nothing locally here, there's nobody downtown. No, most people is mostly outside from yep. Greenville that come in, you know, or um, big, large corporations, you know, chains or whatever coming in and stuff like that. And so a lot of people really want us to be, you know, successful. Mm-hmm. And, it, and like I said, if you don't believe in a higher power, there's something going See, on. See, and, and this is what's weird for me, too, and it's really awesome that you mentioned all that stuff is because I've kind of felt, you know, I've had a lot of, you know, I don't want to get into it, take up too much time. I've had a lot of similar experiences, just like with your Bentley story, with, you know, people that I I never thought I would meet. Same thing, people that I played as a character on a video game and stuff. Right. And they became good friends, and same thing, they believed in me. And I was in all these crazy situations I never saw myself, you know, in when I was younger. I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't even on the radar. Oh, my God, right? But it happened. But as it was happening, I'm like, this is is what's supposed to happen. And I can't explain why I felt that it was supposed to happen. But I don't know. You know, people believed in me like they believe in you. And it's it's weird. I can't explain it because I feel like everyone probably doesn't feel that or get that. Well, you know. Even with, I think I've realized that even with negativity, it's, it happens for a reason, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's, even if it's just an outlook, like if you just look, like there's things that I've wanted to happen that just have not, and I've tried my ass off, 
if I feel like if you try, like you can't just like sit at home and expect shit to happen, right? Like I, th- I feel like some people are like, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's not that yeah, way. It's not right. that way at all. But if you really, really try, I'm talking about you just try. Like even you know this is the dating. Like you really want to date this one girl or this one guy, and you just try your ass off, right? Oh, and you, yeah. you do yeah. everything you need to do, and it just don't work out. Mm-hmm. There's a reason, right? And so. Just like with, with everything else, you know, whenever something negative happens, I try to take it as, okay, well, I really wanted this to happen, but I guess there's something else bigger planned, right? Right. And we're, or something like that. And so I just kind of take the, I take the bad and make it into a good, like, you know, like, ooh, thank God that didn't happen. I know that, you know, I saw what I thought were dollar signs or whatever it had be at the end of it. And who, thank God that that didn't happen. Even though, you know, yep. you think it's at the time, the best thing to happen. Um, it just, sometimes it seems like it doesn't work out that way or is it meant to work out that way? I guess. Yeah. And I don't know, man, but see, I, I worry about that. You know, well, I guess it just wasn't meant to happen. Obviously you're, you're not this kind of person, but a lot of people use that as, their slackness, you uh-huh. know, and not doing the fucking work and yeah. saying, well, I guess it just wasn't meant to happen. Like you yeah. said, well, it's because you're sitting on the couch, man. Right. It ain't going to happen. Right. You well, know? I tell you what, um, <laughs> I think one of the biggest things I can remember. So I, I told you before, admittedly, that I listened to a lot of Andy Frisella's mm-hmm. CEO podcast. Yep, I love, as do I. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love, though, like early Andy. Like, I feel like Andy now is really, really angry about a lot of stuff or something. And it just now is just, you know, way, way different. But, you know, um, I told Andy myself personally that, you know, I started my company listening. I would be in the kitchen doing stuff or working on stuff or whatever. And I'd be listening to his podcast. Right. And like the thing that spoke to me the most was like, I and admittedly, um, I love playing PlayStation. Right? Mm-hmm. I love playing like online stuff and all that, right? And like shoot 'em up games and right. stuff like that. And so there would be a time whenever it would be like I wouldn't have anything quote going on, mm-hmm. right? Like we were doing meal prep on this day. It's a Tuesday. We don't have anything going on. I could be out marketing. I could be out whatever, but I'd be playing PlayStation. And I remember one time I was listening to. Andy, and he said something of fact of like, if you're not, if you're, if you own a business and you're not doing something that's bettering yourself or bettering your business, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, you know, you got these, you got these like millennial kids out here that are just playing video games online all day. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I it's like, Andy, yeah, exactly. So it was like, Andy was speaking directly to me and, you know, and I even said something to it with that too. It was like, it's like that day I realized Holy shit, you know, yep. like this is, I see, you know, and I, like, then what's crazy is that like, I'm scared though, that not everybody would get that message. Like I, if I hadn't got that message, then I probably would have, you know, anybody can validate anything, right? right? Like you have crazy people that go out and shoot up stuff and then they validate it with whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. people validate anything, but you know, like it, if you can get past the validation, it's almost like. You know, like you have to take responsibility. There's a difference in validating and taking responsibility. Validating allows dumb shit to continuously happen. You know, like you can, you can, uh, you know, he's really tired, or you know, oh, she was, you know, she just she didn't get a lot of sleep last night, or she, you know, she's stressed out or whatever. Or there's the other side where you're like, you know, there's no excuses on it. Right. You know what I mean? And and that's the hard stuff. You know, I feel like sometimes people want to. People want to skip out on the hard stuff, uh-huh. right? They want yep. to, they want the glitz and glamour part. They want the, um, 
the pretty part, the you know, the finished product. Everybody mm-hmm. wants, you know, they want to, they want to have the idea, and then they don't want to follow through to the finished product. They they get lost when that hard work starts to happen. That's normally whenever like ninety percent of the people that you know fall off. Right. Like when it gets really hard and it's discouraging and all that kind of stuff. But that's whenever you separate yourself from other people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I want to go back to Andy's podcast, but real quick, um, I was listening to David Goggins on Rogan's uh-huh. podcast. Yeah. Did you hear that yeah. one? Yeah. Um, and then so I started following David from that, uh, and then I saw Jesus him post God. something on Instagram where someone commented or sent him a DM or something. I was like, "Is it really as easy as just doing the shit you don't want to do?" He said, "It's exactly that easy, and it's not fucking easy at all." Right. Because that's the hard shit. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, even at the gym, I'm guilty of, you know, if I want to do four sets of 12, and on the fourth set, I'm on 10, and I know I could do 12, I'm like, that was about good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the little fucking details. So, I can tell you, I can even speak on that with the, um, with the training aspect, too, is that people always ask me, how I lost all my weight? How did you do all this, right? Like, like hey, there's, I'm going to the record right now. So there's no pill. There's no <laughs> Thank you. wrap. There's Thank you. no supplement uh-huh. out there that's going to yeah. be it's really just hard fucking work right and, and and that's what separates people normally like there's a if there if it's easy so like i am notorious like my wife harps on me i'm so i, I am or like if somebody's i want to be the exact opposite of what everybody else is is doing mm-hmm. and normally people do that because they want to be cool right it's just i always want to be i'm scared to death to look at what other restaurants are doing or what anybody else is doing uh-huh. I literally, you can ask myself i keep blinders on i said don't you ever tell me about anything that anybody else is doing because i'm scared to death to look like a watered down version of somebody right. else or even yep. myself right yep. and that that scares me to death but I am notorious for not taking the low hanging fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, well, I mean, that's somebody. That's what everybody else does. Like, what? So rather than, you know, like rather than doing, like when I was, when I was talking to Will Stewart from uh, um, Nine Eight Central mm-hmm. about this stuff, I was like, you know, we we're just talking about how we could work together, and he's like, you know, we could do some. We could do some video stuff you can throw on Instagram and stuff like that. I was like, ah, that's what everybody fucking does. Like, what you know, like what could we do? And then then like from that from these you know 15 second Instagram video we decide that no 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 we're going to do like an entire nobody's doing this we're going to do an entire TV show and we're going to we're going to do the pilot and then we already have the first season lined up and then we've already planned out the next and you know and and, and it's going to grow like nationally that way you know um, and and I think it's just because like we could have easily done that and you can still not saying there's anything wrong with Instagram videos, right. but like if you're going to work with like a, a true TV production company that's working with Amazon and John Deere and stuff like that, like why the hell do you need 4K, you know, 15 right. second right. videos? You know what I mean? Like yep. shoot that shit with yep. your iPhone. And and I think that that's the that's the thing though. Like people will be like, oh, there it is. The first thing came to my mind. Fantastic. You know, they mm-hmm. always say go with your gut instinct. Nah. I mean, and I think though too with success is getting other people to um, getting other sticking to your morals and morals and values, but getting an insight from other people. I will tell you right now, self being self-aware and very admitting that my wife has saved me so many times, so many times on decisions that I was going to make business, everything. She doesn't have an MBA. She is, she has nothing. She has nothing to do with business like that. But some of the business decisions that she has kind of um, led me towards have literally saved my company. 
it, I can name off three times that that she saved my company. And it was nothing from me being like, you know, all up in my feels and posting on Instagram. Right, but I'm talking about right. like legit behind the scenes operations of my company. She saved me so many times. And, and I think, though, that so many people like there's a difference in, in getting people's opinion or you're leaning on them and just doing what they say or getting another side of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because I see things one way and it's very and it's very this way. However, I see it. I'm, I'm pretty good normally at seeing the third person, too. So I can yep. see in front of me, but also around me. I, mm-hmm. I'm really good at that. Um, I, mean, I tell people I'm a, I'm a visionary. Like right now, I'm three years down the road. And that's what's infuriating, infuriates me about staffing. And when I talk, when I have my leadership meetings with my team and stuff like that, you know, in my mind, I'm three years down the road. I already have two more Farm Fresh Fast, and they're not here. I don't have any. I don't want to franchise in this area, right? And they're because I want to do what I'm doing here, over here, mm-hmm. in another geographic area, and doing all that. But whenever I can't, I, I can't be there. I can't be three years down the road or making moves for that if I'm having to be here in the moment right now, cooking a chicken stir fry, right? Right. And so that's the that's the frustrating part of. But if you stick, I think that if you get outside influence. And you just always make sure you stick to why you started, your morals and values. Um, because people want to, just like I'm sure with your companies too, people, everybody has an opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so whenever they, when they bring their opinion, you know, your, your customer base is going to take you this way. Mm-hmm. Your, your um, marketing will want to take you this way. You know, and then, you know, your, your, anyone else, the, you know, the, the, town where you're at or any other influence you have will take you this way so if you follow all of those you're again the watered down version of yourself right mm-hmm. so you have to kind of be able to again it's not that you don't listen to these people but you always have to have you know truly your best interest in your vision and morals and make sure that that's fine if they want you to do this but you have to make sure though that 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 this coincides with your roles and values yep. of what, why you started. Yep. And that's what's important is a lot of people, you know, take people's advice too far to heart and they don't check it to see, does it right. really align? Because I've, I've had a lot of really good business advice from people that are much farther along in the business mm. world than I am, but their models just don't align with what I'm doing. So I didn't heed their advice. And then a lot of times it paid off and it was just because it kind of what they were instructing me to do kind of went away from what I felt good about doing. Yeah, you know their yeah, yeah. focus was more on margins and all that. And there's nothing. They're successful. You know, they're oh, yeah, they're yeah. fine. But that's not the direction that I saw my stuff taking. So yeah. you know, but like you, I've gotten advice from people who have nothing to do with business, and it's been super solid, and it's propelled me. Right. You know, yeah. six months ahead. Well, I mean, I sat on a uh, a board. It's like an entrepreneur's board. Um, or a business, I don't know. Is it, the, the, and that's great. I think, I think having a, a peer board like that is phenomenal, right? So essentially, what it was, it was you go in, you sit at around, you know, at a table, and you have six other companies there, and nothing leaves this room. So like, you have to sign like as like affidavit that you can't disclose anything that's in here, right? I was there for two meetings. I had a lady break down and cry. You know, I just it was insanity, right? And so, but when I was talking about stuff like the, the, I just, I didn't fit at all. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's awesome what, what it was, but this lady was upset because she had 118 employees and I was already checked out at that point. Right. Like I was like, I have 16 now. Right. 
at the time I had like five. So like, what am I, what advice they knew coming in? I knew coming in and they knew coming in that I was new to this. Right. But I was a leader and, and looked at as a leader in the community. So they're like, okay, we'll just bring this, you know, tattooed flat bill wearing guy in, you know, see what happens. But even though I wasn't on the same level of these guys, these guys were, you know, millions, they were doing dealing in millions, right? the morals and values are still the same, right? Like we all still had a product that we're trying to get to consumers, right? And we, so we talked about this stuff and not everything resonated with me. Like I said, like, oh my God, you know, you're having to do this and you have 118 employees or whatever like that. But then I scaled it down. I was like, okay, well I have five employees and we need to do this. You know, what, what should we do to be able to do that? And that was cool. But it's also, I think like you speak on that, it's okay to be different. You know what I mean? It's okay to, it's okay to be really different. Like they, some of my, some of the things that, um, they kind of laughed about is like the cornerstone of our marketing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're like, you know, like you said earlier, without you, this isn't here. Well, I I realize that I am not franchisable. Jonathan Willis is not franchisable. Right. But like our concept is. So that's why you don't see Jonathan Willis on the front of the marketing. That's why that, um, I don't. I try to make sure that it's always the farmers. It's always the why that we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always put the why first. We never put what. Like we, you know, we're ten months in. Like you get it. It's food, right? Like we had people come in here at first thinking we were a grocery store, and that was frustrating as hell because I was like, oh my god, you know, we had all this, we did all this and spent all this, and now people are still thinking we're a grocery store. So, but now people get it. They understand. They know what they're getting. Um, but. Just staying, staying with it, I think, is is the hardest part. Again, when people have it and they get rough into it, mm-hmm. they want to abandon ship. Yep, yep. And that's, uh, you know, I I wanted to talk about the Andy thing because I know you kind of know Andy, but this is a funny story. Is for whatever reason, I don't want to like Andy. I don't know why because I see his his Instagram post of him behind the scenes, and I see him on his farm and stuff. I'm like. If I was balling, that's what I'm doing, right, everything exactly. he's doing. Yeah. So it's not from the financial standpoint. I don't know what it is about Andy that makes me not want to like him. But like you were saying, every and I listen to almost all of his episodes. Every single time I do, it's almost like all my friends that go to church said, man, that that sermon was for me, or I, I should have yeah. heard that. Every, every fucking it. time, man, every fucking time, not one it. time, you know, and it's no exaggeration. Have I turned on his podcast right and said, shit, he's talking to me. He's yeah. calling me out of my shit. Almost yeah. like someone told him my story and he's like, all right, I'll record a podcast. Yeah, but it. you know why? Because nobody's really real anymore. You know, right. like um, they they say what people want to hear, you know. And um, for example, today I posted a, uh, a picture on Instagram and I said something about um, that how I posted about dogwood knives and I said that something about how forging knives is like cooking farm to table. You start with ugly raw ingredients and you bring out this, you know, master of your craft, right? And I was loving that, right? And then my wife was like, texting me, oh my God, you have to take that down. Somebody's going to be really offended. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like people get it. I like, they, they understand. Like our farmers will tell you admittingly, admittingly that we do get some ugly stuff. But we're okay with that. Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, like, um, you know, we get we get that raw, ugly, some of the coolest irregular things. Like, you don't see this in the store because this is not how carrots are grown. But we'll get carrots that have, like, like two little, it looks like legs, mm-hmm. right? It's like they split off. Yep. And then uh, we'll, like, draw little faces on them and put them <laughs> up in the, in the window and stuff. And 
you know, people think that that's, you know, it's authentic, you know, like, and so like, I, I, I try not to censor myself. Like I try not to, no, I definitely don't try. I try not to curse as much in, in public. Um, but people, people, I think, I think what I stand for, people resonate. Like they, they, mm-hmm. they, they understand that like, I'm nobody like I truly believe that I'm nobody special I'm just doing something I am doing something special we are doing something special it's not Jonathan like it's I'm not who has made this great you know we would not be shit that are farmers Uh I put that first and foremost every day all the time right Um, I talk to my grandmother um, try to every day every other day because she makes me realize where I come from Mm -hmm. she reminds me you know what I mean I'm like oh my god we're gonna be doing this TV thing and we're gonna be doing (laughs) We got this and you know we get that and she's like yeah and you know what you come from nothing yeah you know what i mean like not, not what she says but you know like you know but you come from here mm-hmm. this is where you come from you are a grandson of a coal miner and you are the grandson of a tobacco farmer yep. you know and and it's so cool that's why that's why i love here like if i was here all the time and it looked like ikea in here hey it feel the most unnatural ever like i tell people all the time like we just we we come in here, we sling good food and listen to country music all day, right? Mm-hmm. It's and we make it look easy, right? Right. Um, but it would be so unauthentic to, to, you know, I, I think I think it comes because when I was when I moved from where I used to live um, to live with my mom in Maryland, I was made up so made fun of so bad for my southern accent. It was really deep. Dude, I lived in California. You're preaching to the oh choir. Oh my god! Man. I mean, like, like, yeah, but you weren't a fat. Were you a fat kid? No. No. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah, that's a whole nother level too. Oh yeah, right? I'm sure. You're a whole nother level level of fucked when you're the fat country boy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, and so like immediately, like this is I, I truly practiced trying to pronounce things differently. Mm-hmm. And so now when I talk to people, they're like, you know, like, I know I have an accent, but like they don't ever it's never like a big thing because it's not deep. You know, it's not like, Hey y'all, you know, like it's not like that, but it was, Oh my God, it was. And, and I just know how like horrible I felt, you know, I was like, that changed myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like looking back on it now, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's horrible. You know, like it, and it's so bad. So like, I'm really hoping that, that we do make it, you know, and, and be able to have an impact. I think by making it, I mean, making an impact, not just here in the upstate, you know, that that's why I'm really excited about this TV thing and all that is that, you know, we can really, we can really get some of the stuff like mainstream. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I know that when we did, we did the Instagram takeover for euphoria. Um, I think right now on Instagram, we have like 5,000 followers. Right. And, um, euphoria has like 12 or 19,000. I can't remember. Um, but when we did, when we did, the takeover with them, we had 56,000 impressions from us being on their Instagram, right? And like, we gained an insane amount of following, right? Like, mm-hmm. because I I took I took them, with the takeover, you're supposed to kind of like introduce what you're gonna be doing for a Southern Remedy. And, and they graciously invited us out there to do that. Um, and we took them out to the farm. I sent a, put a picture on the start of that day and said, hey, hey y'all, Jonathan, I'm going to take you all out to the farm, show you where your food comes from. Then we're going to kick it back into farm fresh for lunch. And that picture 
has the second most likes of any picture on their Instagram, minus when Keanu Reeves came to town. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, right now it's like a 300 some likes. And I was like, all right, you know, that's cool. And then like we started doing these live videos and it was like us at the farm and really getting to see some like stuff. And we had a media day that day. That's when we were taking pictures for our new website and some different things. And so we we're taking these pictures and we had thousands and thousands of people watching these videos, right? These stupid little videos. And here I am, I'm driving down, I'm doing these like a little, like a little vlog thing. And we had thousands and thousands of people that started responding to it. Like not just, not just liking it or, or watching it, but responding to it. Like, ah, that's really funny or whatever. Cause I have zero problem making fun of myself. Right. So because when you're fat, that's what you do. Like heads up on that. When you're overweight, you make fun of yourself. So, so you, if, if you make fun of yourself, I learned early, if you make fun of yourself first, it's not cool anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, I had a whole list of like stuff I'd make fun of myself about. That I was really self-conscious about and kind of get it out of the way. It's, it sounds Sounds so bad. So that's why I'm hoping that with our children's museum or children's restaurant that we'll be able to hopefully mitigate some of that for kids too. But um, yeah, I just I, I think though that being able to have that kind of platform, you know, the, what we saw with that, you know, that you know, uh, Euphoria's people or whatever were contacting uh, Amanda, a PR lady, and was like, "What the hell is this guy doing?" Like, what is he doing? We This engagement is insane. Like, he was mm-hmm. like, every time we looked at it, it was blowing up with likes and different things. And and I was like, man, you know what? Like, that was like, in all, in this grand scope of things, like, that's really small following, right? Like, it's, I mean, it's big, but it's really small. Yeah. But I was like, man, like, if, imagine if I had, like, 12 or 19 million people mm-hmm. that can look and see stuff like that. I was like, dude, we would, can you imagine, like, if you had somebody that was actually trying to do the right thing? On mainstream, right? You know what I mean, like like legit trying to do the right thing, right? Um, you yep. know, th- but in have engaging content with, it, I think mm-hmm. it'd be, it's super cool. That's like The Rock, yeah. You know, like you look at the, the the evolution of of The Rock, and it's crazy that he started here as you know unknown guy, and now he's like, and like people were making fun of him when he was going into the movies. You remember that? Do you remember like it was this thing like when he was going transitioning from wrestling and oh he's selling yep. out, he's doing yep. his thing or whatever. He is the go-to for action now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he is the go-to. Yeah. And so he could, and he even says like, and he makes fun of himself too. He posts this picture. Do you ever you ever seen his Instagram? I have. Yep. Fucking hilarious. Yep. But he posts this picture of him and he's in like this turtleneck sweater, and he's wearing this gold chain. And he just, I don't know, it's, you can tell it's The Rock, but he's just... I've seen the picture. He, he, he yeah. makes his own memes out of yeah. it, right? And yeah. it's great. And I think that's so cool um, because that's just, uh, I don't know, when, again, I think when you humanize, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he's bigger than life. He's The Rock, right? But yet, when you see that, you know, he started somewhere too. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you think about that, I, uh, one of my best friends is Cam Beachley. He's, uh, I was telling you, he's Carrie Underwood sound guy. Uh-huh. And we were backstage when Miranda Lambert came here, and I was like, Joe, uh, John, John Party, is that the is that the country guy's name? Really tall guy. Anyway, he was really douchey, mm-hmm. and he walked by. He's like, "Hi, I'm John Party," and I was like, "All right," you know. And uh, <laughs> wasn't really the 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 thing you you know he, I guess he was expecting, but. I was like, I said, Cam, do you ever get like, he was telling me, all the, he always tells me these stories, you know, like we were, I was at his, he owns a CrossFit in Tennessee and I was at his box one day and we were just talking and he's looking at, he looks at his phone and he goes, he just laughs. And I was like, what? And he's like, 
Steven, he's stupid. And I was like, who's Steven? He's like, Steven Tyler. And I was like, you're texting Steven Tyler? Who? <laughs> who? Te-? You know, so he's, we're asking though if he ever gets starstruck, you know what I mean? Like by anybody. Uh-huh. And because I remember the first time I met Alfonso, and I was like, oh my God, you know, right. it's that guy. And he's like, they're people, bro. They're just people. Mm-hmm. And the more that those people that you meet, the more you realize of like how how human they really are. Right. You know, and then like a lot of it's just a show on on the media and part of their kind of act, you know what I mean? Like how they're making their money. Yep. But it's just amazing when you can really humanize the you know mm-hmm. everybody. Yep. And that's one thing I like, you know, when I mentioned that, you know, when I went out west and was able to be introduced to a lot of people I never thought I would meet is I was so lucky that everybody in that group that I admired was fucking cool. Yeah. Nobody was cocky. Nobody yeah. was an asshole, you know, or if they were cocky, it was in a, a playful manner right. or whatever. But, you know, I would, uh, first example would be I got invited to watch the fights with my friend and I watch fights with friends here. You know, we go over there, we drink beer, we have a good time, whatever. Where do you go drink beer here at? Um, at my friend's house. I'm like, okay, you. I don't guy. go yeah, out. I'm not, not really guy. that guy. Every couple months I'm gotcha. made. But so I show up to my buddy's house, who's also a very well-known guy or whatever. He's like, yeah, come on in. So I walk in, and he's got this gigantic couch around a gigantic television, and every single guy there is a fighter, but a professional fighter either on UFC or WEC or some level. They're all big, big names. I mean, like, a lot of them have had championships. So it's funny that they're introducing themselves to me as, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, I know, I know. You know yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't, you know, I just say, hey, you know, I'm Matt, it's nice to meet you, whatever. Yeah. But I've always thought that was so cool that all these people that I looked up to is, and not just, you know, fighters, there's been musicians and other people, but right. that I've been able to make a relationship with were also really cool people. I never met one person where it was like, oh man, this is a disappointment, you know, right. this guy's a piece of shit. Well, you know, I always hear people talk, maybe just because he's really weird, I guess, but Tom Cruise, you always hear like weird shit right. about him with the Scientology yep. stuff. He actually, they filmed um, World of Worlds about 20 minutes from my dad's house, right? And most of it. And it's because it's a lot of field and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And so a lot of my friends actually were extras. Like, they would just do like casting call. Like, you want to run? And it literally, like, your job was, um, we need you to run through a field and look really fucking terrified. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I got it. Word. And, um, but they're... I can't remember what I, I went to a gas station over there and it, there's like a little Dairy Queen um, it's in Lexington Virginia and the, there was a picture of Tom Cruise there and with the staff right it was like maybe two or three people are in the picture with him but I was like I had this negative connotation already I'm like how's that guy you know and she was like he was the nicest guy I've ever met I'm like really and they're like yeah he came here every day and got a blizzard and he was just so nice and humble He's like, he signed autographs, he whatever. And I think, though, it's because that, like, have you ever seen it where you see, um, I don't know, I don't want to pick on anybody because I really, I don't really care. I don't watch this kind of stuff. So, like, whenever I see somebody, like, um, when we saw Miranda Lambert, I had, she walked, she could have walked up to me and I had no idea who she was, mm-hmm. right? I'm just not that guy, right? I can tell you about, I can tell you about the, you know, quarterback starting quarter or the backup quarterback for Dartmouth in 1964 right, I'm a right. sports nerd but I don't know anything in like television stuff but um, I forgot what was going with that yeah yeah I forgot um, where we at? she was cool 
Hey, Miranda? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't, get, we didn't get to meet Miranda, actually. She was um, she was in a trailer. We actually stayed backstage with Cam and watched the uh, camera, like the camera guys and the sound guys and stuff. And um, we got to meet a bunch of people back there, you know, and accidentally met John Party. But um, <laughs> but he made sure that we met him. Right, so. right. Um, But... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess like, oh, it's talking about Tom Cruise. Um, but they said he was a really nice guy. So I think it like with the media, like you, you see like Lindsay Lohan or somebody like that. Like she's probably that's like Justin Bieber. I might be the only guy. Well, maybe not now. I don't know. But the only guy that kind of felt bad for him, like when they're like, oh my god, he's smoking pot. He's he's eighteen. You know, yeah. like yep. like you get it. Like I don't, I don't, I don't do drugs. I don't do anything like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you were, you know, you were drunk driving and you're just like every, you know, like Dude, I'm not condoning I, anything whatsoever, yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah. like, you know, Tiger Woods, you know, like the Tiger Woods thing, it, they really bother me. You know what I mean? Because like, not for like what happened and you know, like I get it. I get it. It's a douchebag move. But like the, the guy, whole guys felt like the whole life fell apart. Uh-huh. Like he just went yep. from the best of everything to he couldn't even pick up a, a golf club anymore right? right like it's just like his like but that will show you also like I know he had injuries and stuff like that but what stress will do to you like when you have mm-hmm. everybody can you imagine if you had everybody looking at like if we were doing this podcast right now do you know how nervous you'd be if you had 50 million people watching yeah, you yeah and it's because he's basis? in the spotlight and everyone's mad at him but right. there's guys in their neighborhood that are doing the That's same what I'm exact saying, thing right? like, like, I knew a guy at the same time that was like you know He's all kinds of fucked up. I had this happened three weeks ago with two girls. You know yep. what I mean? Like it was yep. just nuts. Well, and talking about Bieber is, you know, his music isn't for me, but right. I always defended Don't lie. all those. That's, that's your playlist. Don't <laughs> it lie. Is, you lifted it. Is. it, it is. So I always defended his position. I was like, because me at his age with that amount of money would have made that look. Can you imagine like nothing? Right. Exactly. Like, I would have been so far off the rails. Oh like, God. Yeah. If I've got that kind of money and that kind of fame, and I can go anywhere and do anything, and all these girls are like. He he held it together, in my oh opinion, my God, pretty damn right? well. Like you know, he had a what, few little hiccups, but yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. But it, what, what's great though is like that's a perfect example of not. We're talking about evolution of like business owners and stuff. Mm-hmm. He he own you know he is his own brand, right? So like him and from he started of like this little kid from YouTube. He, oh my right. God, he started on YouTube. Uh, can you? Uh, here's my thing too. Internet started. Can you imagine if you? Can you imagine, like, if I could go back? And like the internet, like, like I grew up with all that stuff. Like I can imagine, right? Oh yeah. Like I can remember going to the library, but I think maybe that's why I worked really hard because you kind of had to then. Like now everybody's like, oh, you know, Google it real quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. when you actually go find shit, you uh-huh. know, like, you, you know, yep. you actually had to and find memorize answer. it. Yeah, and you couldn't just recall it. Exactly. You know, and you couldn't just take time. a picture of it, yep. right? You know what I mean? Oh my god! But you know, and maybe that's why we're, maybe that's why our generation is lazier not so much ours but like what is it x generation uh-huh. x is the yep. one behind x. us yeah yeah yep. um you know because i don't think i think millennials are i don't think millennials are lazy i think millennials just bitch a lot and ask mm-hmm. a lot of questions you know yep. it's not that you know our people are or bad we just are like you know what that's fucked up you know i don't think that we should be doing that you yeah. know or whatever yeah. that it is you know and and i think now that people are asking more questions and there's just like i said so much information readily available mm-hmm. but like to to put that in perspective with bieber you know he started off as this youtube kid and then he's this cute little kid and then he realized that he's getting older and so he's not doing these little kitty songs you right. know poppy songs and then you can just see the evolution of his music and his physical nature and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. all the way through so i mean even if you don't like his music you have to kind of you kind of have to 
not you don't have to like him either, but you have to respect him. And and you ever listen to um, the hip hop preacher? Nope. Eric. Mm. Eric. What is his last name? God, that kills me because I love this guy. Um. Anyway, need to find him. He's the guy that said that. Um, when you want to, you want to succeed as bad as I you lied, want to breathe. I do. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. knows uh, that. Thompson, Thomas, uh, Eric Thomas. Yeah. That's it. Yes, thank you. That would have drove me nuts. And I'll be damned if I Google that. <laughs> you know, I'll be damned if I didn't Google that. But you know, he he said the you know if you want to you want to breathe if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Wait, if you want yeah when you, when you want to succeed yep. as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I've listened to a lot of his stuff, right? And it's. Like I used to work out to that stuff. Like so, what they've done actually, they've taken this is you know you're motivating when somebody takes your speech, like your speeches, and put it over top of like a legit little track, mm-hmm. and and it's just and it's motivating. Like yep. I, I could li- I worked out to it. Like literally, that was that was something I did. But listening to him, you know, he's definitely rags to riches. I mean, he was homeless yep. and did his thing, you know, and and all that. And so that's like. I, I I admit to people that I have my headphones in maybe ninety to ninety five percent of the day. This is honest to truth. I'm probably going to have some kind of like a cancer yeah, I or walked in, you something. Had yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's just because I didn't want anybody to really mess with. I, had, uh-huh. I was making this vinaigrette, and I'm the one that makes it. And so like I didn't want anybody because everybody here wants to talk, right? right. Like they're like, hey, yep. you know, even if they don't know me, they know me as that guy, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, I listen to stuff all the time and sometimes I'm not listening to anything. Sometimes I just don't want to talk to people. So I have the headphones yeah. in and says, don't fuck with me. But normally I'm listening to something and it's in normally it is music because music kind of sets the tone for my day. As soon as you can ask my wife, as soon as I get up, music's on. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's just how I get up is how I stay positive. Most people look at social media and stuff like that. I don't, I don't, I don't look at social media. I try to get like a good vibe going. Yep. Cause then if you see some fucked up shit after you have a good vibe, it's like, Less fucked up, right? right. Yeah, so, it doesn't set the tone of your yeah, day. Exactly. It's already been yeah, set. exactly. So, because um, I remember the first time we ever we had over a hundred reviews for you on Facebook, and how many ever else other social media outlets before we had our first bad review at Farm Fresh, right? And I remember the day that I looked at my phone. That was the last day I looked at my phone, um, like because it'll have notifications, but it, you know, you like you can't see the review. It'll just say so and so posted a review. But now we have so many notifications that normally, unless it happened in like the last like fifteen minutes, something like that, we don't. It's not on my thing here. Right. But I remember seeing that, and it, that was the last day I did that. That was the last day that I looked at social media when I first got up. And so, like, immediately, I always try to set the tone right because I've had great days. That, that great days can turn shitty, but if you start off shitty, it's normally mm-hmm. going to end shitty. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it, you just kind of set that like the, almost the bad juju vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, and. um but I listen to music a lot and where I listen to podcasts a lot and I really listen to um, motivational stuff you know like I don't watch the news because news is always negative like I like to listen to stuff that kind of gets me that, that speaks to me like you need to know what's going on in the world to get it but like I like stuff that speaks to me like I don't listen to um, to, to female um, singers not that I don't like them and don't respect them but um, their lyrics don't speak to me mm-hmm. you know what I mean normally yeah. it's the exact opposite of what I kind of got going on right. right and so it's a different and that's totally respectable I love that um, but it's just not I need stuff that speaks to me you know what I mean right and um, that that's kind of I think that so many people though don't put enough of that emphasis of like positivity in their life they just mm-hmm. kind of let things kind of roll like I, the first thing I do with when we get a new employee is really sit down it's like what do you want to do 
like what do you want with your life like are we a season you know are you here for with us for a season because if you are it's cool like i get it like i totally get it but what do you want like what can i give you i'm never going to teach you shit about culinary ever i'm not a chef like if you take advice off me you might as well you know you can get that anywhere you can google that shit right because that's probably what i did when i started this stuff right but i can totally give you leadership qualities like I can teach you how to be a leader, mm-hmm. you know, and I had a, a guy here that, um, the executive chef we had at the time came to me and said, man, I want to fire this kid. He's fucking lazy. I, he doesn't listen to me. Yada, yada, whatever. Said employee is sitting at the bar eating lunch one day. And this is back when I was trying to let not have to be here so much, you know? And so I was kind of letting them run the kitchen and stuff. So I'd never really talked to this kid very much. And I sat down and I said, how's it going, man? He said, I'm all right. How about you? I said, well, I need, to sit, I need to talk to you for a minute. I said, like, um, this is where it's at. You know, like, your team right now does not want you. Okay? They said that you're lazy. I laid it all out. Right? I'm just very honest with the kid. Now I said, I'm coming to you as an owner and, and hopefully as a friend to help you with this right here. Right? I said, we, what do you got going on? We had a lot of stuff going on. So we kind of talked about it. And I was like, well, here's the thing, dude. I, I, I'm going to stick my neck out and I'm going to save your job. Right? And so I'm going to tell him that you know, if you mess up, it's my fault, right? But this is what I need you to do. You have to do this right here. So I laid it out. So, so many times people want to, I hate people like this, people that will give negativity, they'll tell you what you're doing wrong, but not help you do something right, right? Right. And so I, that's my main thing is like, I hate, I hate just beating people down. Like you suck, you suck, you suck. And then you just walk away and they're like, well, fuck, I suck. And this guy doesn't care about me. So, but when you invest that time into them, so I sat down and said, dude, look, I'm willing to invest the time to make you better at this, 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 this. And if you can do this right here, you'll be one of my best employees. And at that point, I know you're loyal to me, right? There's not a damn thing that you're going to do that won't just just scream loyalty. Mm-hmm. And I don't tell people stuff about stuff until it comes to fruition. I knew that seedlings was happening, right? I knew that. So... Um, now he has a you know a management position you know and it literally like he was if i had had not been there that day probably would have happened was he would have that i would have received a text and said so and so is doing very bad and i've been like well guess we're not part of the team and then it would been cut mm-hmm. and but and i would have lost a person that had potential to yeah. be super loyal and now knowing that i invest my time and now i continuously do that though mm-hmm. you know and so i see you know and i've told him before i'm like dude you're so loyal to me that i see you as in the future of you know, one of the key pieces, the future of, of air success, like right? Moving on and everything. So, um, I think investing time into people is the biggest thing. It's easy to pay somebody to be here. Right. right. But if like they just, and I don't think you're going to have somebody that's just like, people say, well, I do this. It was free. I feel like it's kind of like bullshit though. Like I get it. Like, you know, I love going to the farms and I love doing stuff like that. But like tomorrow I'm going to go put fencing up with Providence farm. Right. And I always make sure that our farmers know that we're more than a restaurant, like we want to help you with stuff. But I also know that if I help get this, this fence up, it's going to help us as well, mm-hmm. right? Like I see, I have the, the vision that if we can help our farmers, they're, they're so loyal, right? Nobody's doing that. Nobody's helping put up fencing. They're just saying, I need 150 pounds of beef and that's it, right? right. But same way with the employees, I, you know, if you can ever get it to a point where somebody is, they would do this job without being paid, then you need to pay them adequately, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, that's just where it's at. Like, you probably aren't even paying them enough at that point. That's their raise. That right. they, You know what I mean? Like, 
it's so hard, especially in this industry. And I'm sure you've probably heard from tons of people yeah. in this town that it's really hard. Like once you get people, turnover rate in their industry is insane. Mm-hmm. And I used to take it to heart, but now you know I realize again with a seasons thing, like kind of what uh, Tyler Perry said. You ever hear the thing? It was about was um, something about you know, like essentially laid out like a tree and um, talk about the roots or like your family and all that kind of stuff. And your trunk is like your best friends. And then he says some people, you know, the brain, he does, he's all a big one, big metaphor. Right? right. And then he said, and then you have, then you have some people that are leaves, right? And they're good for a season, but then they're gone. And you're not going to change that. They're, they're fucking leaves, mm-hmm. right? They're not, they're not branches. If they're branches, then they would be solid and strong, but these leaves are going to blow in the wind and then they're going to be flaky and fall off, you know, and stuff. And there's just nothing you can do about it. Yep. So you can either, you know, bitch about it or you can just make sure that you have a, you know, a lot of limbs and a really good roots and a very thick trunk. Right. Right. And be cool with it, you know? Yep. And that's, I think it's, hard to do though too yeah and i think people need to be self-aware because you know that metaphor speaks to me because i was not too long ago i was the leaf in a company right and um i say it because he's he's a good friend of mine so my buddy rocky tims who owns the tims harley shop down in anderson Mm -hmm. um i work for them and this is a guy who like you were talking about investing in his people he invests in his people. Like I've worked a lot of places, you know, from the time I was 16, I had a job somewhere. So I bounced around a lot and did a lot of different stuff. But so I've had a lot of bosses and he invested in his people more than anyone I've ever seen. Like, you know, everyone in the dealership had access to like Grant Cardone training and expensive Mm -hmm. stuff. And, and he paid another guy that, that comes out and does sales training and stuff who, is very expensive. I won't put the guy's business out, but it's extremely expensive. Right. That guy came to our dealership twice a year and went to his Augusta dealership twice a year. So he invested in his people. But I had gotten to a point where I had to be self-aware that I was the leaf in his company only because it wasn't anything that company did. I made good money. He invested in the people. All the people that I worked with were my friends. But I was the leaf in the company because I knew that's not what I was meant to do. Yeah. And I, I get that. And, and I think some, so many times though, people don't have the awareness of if they are, you know, self-awareness of like where they're at and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think though, the hardest thing though is, is like, cause I've, I've, like I said, when I started this, like, you know, we've had people leave. Right. And, and like, I'd be so upset, like mm-hmm. so upset. And it kind of goes back to what we we're talking about, about, you know, having the having the vision and in in understanding that like things happen for a reason you know and so you can try and then you can like that's when you you know you you try to hold on to something and sometimes that's bad you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like sometimes that's very that's very bad so when you're trying to to hold on to whatever whatever it is you know like you've been in that relationship where you're like you're kind of scared to be on your own but you kind of try to hold on right fix some shit and then and she don't get fixed. So, you know, and then it becomes like, instead of this isolated problem, now it's this gigantic, huge, horrible thing, you know. And, um, you know, I, I think I think that people that have that awareness, though, um, I, I don't know anybody that's successful that doesn't have that, that vision, though. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's a direct correlation, though, too, you know. Yep. So. Yep. Um, so we're going on two hours. I want to be respectful of your time, but I also want to pick your brain on, uh, yeah, two hours. Um, this is the longest one I've done. Super fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. See, and now I understand why Rogan goes three. Like I'd do three if I could, but, but I mean, 
I don't know. With Rogan, he's so intelligent. Like, I, for some reason, I look a, at Rogan, I'm like, it's fucking Joe Rogan. You know what I mean? Yeah, you see him on stage yeah. and you listen to him, you're like, this is an articulate man. You know, like, yep. it is awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I so, even like, because I, I feel like my dad is my best friend, right? And him and I, he's like an older me, except, I guess, like, the millennial part of me. And so I send it, he's all about podcasts. Like, uh, I would tell you my ultimate, like, if I can be anybody, I think it would be Mike Rowe. Micro is my fucking hero, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, aside of my dad, but he reminds me a lot of my dad, so probably why I like him. Right. But like, literally, it's like you had Michael Jordan and you had Micro. I swear to God, I picked Micro. Mm-hmm. It's that big of a fan. I'm a, such a fanboy of him. And, and like his ideology, and like, I just think it's so cool because he is the authority to blue collar to the entire nation. Right. Like, when something happens, everybody's like, okay, it's great. CNN said, what did Micro say? <laughs> you know, and I right. think it's, oh my God, it's so cool. Yeah. And, um, and he's self-admittedly just like he's he's actually very intelligent. Micro is very 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 intelligent, and it's and it's just like Joe Rogan. You know, Joe Rogan is this stand-up comedian guy, and then you listen to him, and he has these really deep deep conversations, mm-hmm. like on this wide variety of stuff. It's not like he has the same kind of people on. It'd be like if you had a podcast just like restaurant tours, right? right? And you're talking yep. about the same yep. shit, you know, or whatever. This dude has the most insane amount of people and then like it's like when he gets them on there though like it it's even he even makes people I think intelligent in the fact that he brings intelligence out of people you know mm-hmm. what I mean like you, yep. some, you know you can be around people sometimes and they bring out like the good in you or right. the really bad right. in you or the really shitty in you mm-hmm. he's that that guy like he could take like the the most you know Neanderthal person and I swear they could do poetry by the time they're done talking to the right. Jerry Yep. And see, like we were talking about way earlier is, you know, I got advice from people that, oh, your podcast kind of needs to be focused on one thing to really attract a crowd. I said, well, I'd rather attract uh, less of a crowd and talk to people that I'm really interested in. Right. You can only talk to so many of the same kind of people and have the same kind of show before it's fucking boring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this one I respected. When it, like, I was really excited to come on here. Like, uh-huh. really, really excited because I'm really long winded. So, like, the reason why this felt like no time is because like this is my normal day yep. right like like I just happen to do it like in pictures and in videos and stuff like that with Instagram and all that's why I have a blog on my website now that you know I'm very I'm notorious for being very long winded about what we do mm-hmm. and it's because I'm so proud of what we do right, right. it's because it's so much there's so much that goes into it it's so multifaceted that um, it's hard to kind of convey it you know somebody's like you know well, what do you do don't ask me that you know what I mean that's a very I need I need a barrier you know what I mean like you know what did you do today from 2 to 2.15 you know like don't don't leave it out there yeah yeah Um, but what I was going to ask you about is your workout stuff so what kind of workouts do you I mean your day to day what are you doing yeah like like what style are you doing crossfit are you doing bodybuilding are you doing right now I've actually for the last three months been sitting on my ass um, and doing investing a lot in work so um, what's really weird, and I know that's kind of weird because like people look at me like, oh, it's a fit guy, right? Well, I'm, I used to be really, really, really fit, but I had what you had to look at is I was two hundred. Am I heaviest? I was probably not not fat heavy, but fit heavy. Right. I was about two twenty eight, two thirty one on a heavy day, and um, I was a big old boy, right? Mm-hmm. Like very, very big guy, but I was so empty inside, so empty. So. You know, people see, you know, like this person and that, you know, it looked like I had everything going on. And, you know, I was, I was so lost. 
mm-hmm. in myself, right? Had no idea. I was complete douchebag, self-admittedly a douchebag. Right. And so, but now um, I have something more to pour my time into. And so fitness is very much so on the forefront. And, um, but it's kind of like my side bitch, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. And so, um, but I have a torn left labrum. Okay. Um, and so I've had reconstructed shoulder surgery on my right. So I've, I think of um, the doctor saying that I've overcompensated, mm-hmm. you know, so much. Mm-hmm. And on the left now, it's kind of yep. messed up. So, um, but, you know, I still do consulting for people on stuff. And um, actually, Nigel um, from WIFF contacted me the other day and he wants to start working out together. And he wants me because at first he was like, you know, can you help me? And I was like, yeah, of course. I mean, I'll help anybody whenever. But he's like, no, no, no. I mean, like, like, would you work out with me? And I'm like, and I'm thinking all that free time. Absolutely. <laughs> but then I was like, you know what's really cool, though? It's like he would kind of like keep me on track. Right. Because like right now I'm like, man, I could go work out or I could do some back end website stuff. And really, yeah. you know, what I mean, like this yep. the entrepreneur part comes out. And um, so. But we're going to start back. You know, when I do work out and do consulting, I love time under tension. Mm-hmm. Like the more time that you can keep stress on those muscles, the, the more tear you're going to get, right? The, the full range of motion, time under tension, you're going to get a complete tear and then you're able to repair it back properly. That's where the nutrition comes in. So again, like I just laugh whenever... I, re- I remember when I was in Charleston, there was this guy that would eat Doritos while he worked out. Oh, geez. He would eat Doritos and he would pace back and forth and he would bench press and leg press. That's all I've ever seen this man do, mm-hmm. ever, entire time. And so anybody that, that went to uh, East, Shore, uh, East Shore Athletic Club in um, in uh, Charleston, in, uh, I can't remember, what, West Ashley, we were out there. And I guarantee anybody in like the last like five years that worked out there would know this guy. And he would pace back and forth. So you like you had to see him. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yep. Like oh, yeah. he was that guy. And he would go over and he had like I don't know. He'd have like three plays on each side and he would do it and he would just psych himself up, you know, and just fucking stupid slap himself, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. He would do one rep and he'd rack it and he'd get back up and he'd do that shit again. And he was all he would do. And leg press the same way. He would put a million plates and stack shit all awkwardly yeah. like he was getting ready to, yeah. and then he would do essentially like a calf raise and rack that shit back up uh-huh. you know what I mean yep. and that was it yep. but he would eat Doritos when he sat there and did leg press or whatever <laughs> you would call that the heavy calf raise um, and he would eat Doritos like and he would drink and he would, size or full size he would take a whole bag. fucking bag dude. Oh, no shit. he didn't yeah exactly so I don't know if he ate the whole thing but I do know that he had that and he had a a Mountain Dew not like the normal like the bigger one not a two liter but like a bigger yeah, like the yeah. medium whatever a one liter maybe and he would, that's what he would do. And I'm sitting there like busting my ass, watching my macros and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. this guy, you know, is just eating to read. I want to know like what, what bodybuilding.com <laughs> workout that was, you know, like, right. Oh, yeah. by the way, you just, you, yeah. you just eat Doritos and calf rays and you'll just be fit as fuck. Yeah. That's what it is. So did you ever, or were you ever into lifting heavy? You know what? I never really got, I was in high school and in, that I think that is one of the scariest things that I can remember just throwing weight, man, mm-hmm. and just nobody cared and no but there right. was no rhyme or reason. Like, you know, uh-huh. it was just whatever. And um even though I was fat, I was uh, of course like being bigger you're strong, but like I still worked out when I was big. It's just I was just a fat kid, right? Yeah. Like and I was really into football, it was all area, all region, all state guy and all that. But um I don't know, man. It was just like we were just happy. 
haphazardly throwing weight around and in whatever and and now of course I can't do that you know mm-hmm. everything I do is trick form time under tension all that kind of stuff and uh, but oh my god man yeah like we used to do it back in the day like slinging yeah it, right yeah uh, but that's just not my thing anymore I mean um, I got my best results like aesthetically doing um, time under tension yeah really I, I just yep. I love it man and it's it's the heart you know. And really, I think the key, and I tell people, is the negative. Like when it's easy on the concentric phase, but the eccentric, where you're taking mm-hmm. it back down from tension to, to rest. Yep. People miss that 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 part of it. So like, on a curl, they'll just like sling the weight up and just drop it back down. Yep. Well, you're listen, you're losing half the half right, the lift, right. right? And so, um, I'm really big on that. I'm really big on. It sounds crazy, but I'm really big on um, on stretching. I know it's not crazy to stretch, but you never think of like. You never hear about stretching, right? They're right. like, you should, you should stretch. And you're like, all right, sounds good. Now yeah. lift, you know. Yeah. But you just get so much more of a pump. Like if you know you're not, you're not so you know tight. Yeah. You know, massage. You yep. know, uh, I love um, not. I hate getting massage because I'm always so knotted and nasty and stuff like uh-huh. that. But um, it's so you know it's so good for your body, right? You know, and um, I'm not a I'm personally a yoga guy, but I, I definitely tell guys that lift, especially even heavy, they should do some yoga. They should Dude, do some I've stretching. dabbled in it. I love it. Yeah. I've done the hot yoga. That's all I've done. And uh, I really, really like it. You see, I'm asthmatic, It's challenging. Yeah, I'm asthmatic. So, yeah. like, you get me in a hot room, I will die. Yeah. Like, at all. But see, I like it just because it's more of a suck, you know? It's more of a in-my-face, it kind of sucks yeah. kind of shit. Yeah. But, so, I'm into lifting heavy, but within reason. So, I've got a 300-pound limit on everything. Right. On deadlift on bench press on everything there's in my opinion for me i'm never going to compete in powerlifting there's yeah. no point in me going over that because exactly. i fear damage of my shoulders yeah i mean you know, and you, other parts yeah you know, and once you have an injury like like when i had i was 18 when i had my reconstructive shoulder surgery so like i missed out on a lot of stuff right mm-hmm. like and and i wish that that was more of a like a class like a legit like if because this it, it, people, the kids are going to lift, right? Like image is such a big thing in our society, right? So yeah. like you're going to have these kids and they need to be properly trained how to do this mm-hmm. stuff, you know? And so, you know, and it's not one size fits all either. So, right. that, you know, what works for you is not going to work for me. And that's what's glorious about all this is that we're so individual. But the, you know, physiology is, is physiology, right? And like geometry is geometry, it's physics or physics. So like I, it, it's not a one size fits all, but like it, you you have to it's still about the work you know mm-hmm. what i mean like you still have to put in that time and that work so that's why i just get so god been out of shape with these um uh, if i say that don't people know um with all these companies that just offer all of these before and after pictures right. of stuff or people mm-hmm. that are like you know so here's the thing too i don't sit here and say man i ate farm fresh fast meal prep and I lost a shit ton of weight and you know right. I have the before and after I don't do that that's yeah. insanity yeah. you know what I ate I ate it. this is how this is how horrible 2004 nutrition was really it was turkey sandwiches on whole wheat bread but like the small and with like mustard mm-hmm. and like if while splurging I do honey mustard like the one that's <laughs> like the the, um, the squeeze not like a dressing but like a legit like shitty honey mustard right uh-huh. and then i would eat fruit and that's what i was told was healthy right like 
all you know and and so now i'm like oh my god how am i not dead right, right. you know so yep. and i did actually i did have to uh have my gallbladder i had an emergency gallbladder surgery like where i lost so much weight and had so much nasty that my body had to process mm-hmm. i was in um um physiology class at west virginia i was in a uh, in a lab in phys lab and all of a sudden i got like this really sharp pain i was like and you know, I thought it was like gas pain or something. So, but it got really worse, like really, really, really bad. So I, I went to the teacher. I'm like, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. And so I went there. I laid in a public restroom praying to die because I, I called my mom. I'm like, I think I'm dying. I think I'm having a heart attack. Right. And it's just the worst pain. Like it felt like that my chest was about to explode. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, I had just the most insane amount of gallstones. And um, so I haven't had a gallbladder for a long time. And have you had any surgeries? <laughs> nope, None? never. Nope, this guy. Now I've had some broken bones, you know, just riding dirt bikes, you know, motocross and stuff. But yeah, no surgeries. Wisdom teeth out. That's it. <laughs> that's well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. No, so I've been very lucky there. Um, and same thing with my training. You know, I've I've been lucky that I tweak stuff sometimes. Right. But I'm aware that it's it's a tweak. It's not really an injury. It's just kind of a, a little tweak. And I. Sometimes I come back too soon or too hard or whatever, but I'm pretty aware of that, and I will give it two weeks or whatever it's going right. to require. Would you? How? What kind of rest do you give yourself? Um, I go truly by, don't be the guy. If you don't give rest, tell me it's okay. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I I go by the way that I feel. Okay, cool. You know, so I'm yeah, yeah. I'm one of those that you know I'm I, that's one of the few areas that I'm pretty disciplined in is my workout. Right. Eating is a completely different story, but my workout is disciplined. So even if I have intentions on going to the gym as I go to bed, now I'll wake up, I'll read my body and say, today's an off day. Today's a right. rest day. Yeah. Now I may go run something, you know, just easy, a two mile, just very slow pace. Right. Do something just to be active. I just, I got to be active. But yeah, I'll definitely take rest days. Well, um, I think why I'm not, I mean, I'm all about fitness. Like I'm all about being fit and everybody, you know, having fitness i was so obsessed with it i got so obsessed with with fitness that like i got anxiety mm-hmm. if i didn't get to work out oh, like, i know, you know a lot of people not even like or not even run or something like that and this honest truth and i've talked to my wife about this i lived the most miserable existence for 11 years of my life miserable because i was so obsessed with every single bit like I would go on vape. I mean, like, I'm all about eating clean, right? I'm that guy. But when I look at, like, what the extremes that I went to, right? Mm-hmm. Because, they're, like, in my life, there's you're either you're either going or you're stopped, right. right? That's just how I do. And so, like, I was just so fanatical about stuff. Like, I'm talking about to the damn minute of making sure that I ate. I was eating every two hours, right? Mm-hmm. And Which is miserable. Yeah, yeah, right. And so, like any kind of life, right? Like there was, there's that just does not coincide, right? So, like it, it was just miserable, and I had no idea because you're in the middle of, you know, like if you're in like a really bad relationship, like you don't you get yeah, out of it, you don't you're say like, what oh, your friends, you know, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. you know, like well, Jim's just an asshole. No, Jim sees that, you know, and so like that's kind of what that's that's what I went through with fitness because like. I had never, I didn't really date that many people, like, and before I got, I mean, I, I, I dated people, but, like, not, like, serious dating mm-hmm. people, yep. and, like, who I did were either just obsessed about fitness enough, or, like, if they weren't, 
then that was a very easy catalyst to be like, all right, we're done. And because like I didn't want to go out to eat, I didn't want to go anything and do anything other than work out, rest, and eat my meals every two minutes, two hours. Yeah. And like there was just no life to that. Like, I mean, it it kills me to think about how many I don't even I would feel guilty like on Thanksgiving. I had like the most miserable Thanksgivings always. Like I never like even now like I don't like to eat unhealthy food, mm-hmm. but I'll eat like a cheat day to me back in the day would be instead of eating eight ounces of beef, I'd eat ten. Oh my god! Right, like no shit. And so like, um, you know, like I, I didn't. This is honest truth. You can ask anybody. I didn't have a cheat meal. This is no shit for I think. No exaggeration, like eight years of my life. And I can tell from your pictures Swear on your Instagram, like I went God. way back, like you were yeah, that right? guy. I was like that guy, were... yeah, yeah. And so, but I didn't even see I was that guy. So that's how, I'm telling you, that's how empty. So that's why, like, I'll always be fit, right? I'll always, whatever, but I'm not going to obsess over it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so then I look at like, so what's crazy is that if I pull up my Instagram and I can pull up Farm Fresh Fast, or I pull up seedlings. I pull up Farm Fresh Fast. I'm actually on Farm Fresh Fast more than I am in my own. So when I pull up Farm Fresh Fast, you have you have this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like chefs, Greenville stuff, West Virginia stuff. So if I, but then if I pull up my douchey own Instagram, right? Right. It's going to be like half naked. It's not loading, but like half naked people. All fitness, like yeah, flexing, that's, that's their identity. That's right, their life, is. right? And so, like, and so then I look at like this person right here. You're gonna look through on these pictures, and you're gonna. And it makes me wonder how empty, how empty is this thirsty ass person? Dude, right? Most most of the people that I know that are obsessed with it, that's all they have. Right? They're, no, they're no, that's, empty, that's, that's, like what, what, I'm that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, and so, like. And then once that was, like, I went through really bad depression. Like we were doing really, really great with our company, but that took over my workout stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And and so then, like, as successful as we were, like, I looked at myself as like, this is my life, though, for right, like eleven right. years, right? And so, and then I, and so it makes me wonder, like, when I'm looking on my Instagram, like, you see all these people, and you're like. Wonder if they're empty. Or wonder if, like, you know, like, what? What are they going through? The same thing I went through. Are they? Is this person right here just so empty that they have to put their ass in every picture, right? right. Like, or are they insecure? Because I mean, I was super insecure. I mean, you're going from a, like I still have this fat kid state of mind. So whenever you see me at my fittest, when I was like the biggest, the fittest, the lean, the leanest I've ever been, I was so insecure. Yeah, so insecure, right? And and that's and it kills me because again, I wasted so much of my time giving a fuck about what other people thought. Right. That you know, during that time, I'm like, oh my god, what did I miss? You know what I mean? Like how, what all did I miss? Like I would, I was the guy that on Thanksgiving would go to the gym at like if we were like whatever we were doing, I'd go to the gym like four or five a.m. to make sure I got a workout in, and which I mean that's fine. But it's not because, like, I wanted to. Because it was an obsession. Mm -hmm. Like, working out was just such an obsession. Like, there was no rest. I didn't... Because the reason I was asking about your rest day, I didn't have a rest day for years. 
Yeah, that is nuts. Years. Even on my rest days, I did active rest where I did some form of cardio. Uh-huh. Right? Yep. And it's insane. I mean, like, my life was so insane. So, like, now when people are like, oh, my God, you're so busy and you're doing all this stuff, at least I'm, I'm, I feel whole. Right. Right? Like, yeah. I, I feel like I'm actually doing something towards something that means a shit. Not mm-hmm. just, like, so I can fit into a, fill out a double extra large shirt. Right? Right. Like, yep. And so... That's why, you know, I, I stress so hard. That's why I kind of, uh, I don't miss training because that's a whole nother, because then you have um, so many people's emotions and everything and you're on, you know, whatever. But, you know, so many times I could sit there and be like, look, here's realistic expectations because so many people are used to this instant gratification of something. And we're all used to instant gratification. I mean, like, you know, if our internet doesn't pop up immediately on our phone, right. we're just freaking out, right? Yep. And it's fucking Verizon, you know. And, you know, <laughs> then we forget that we had dial-up internet when somebody would uh-huh. call, and you'd be like, "Fuck!" And you got kicked off, yep. right? Yeah. But you know, you can see all these commercials and all these people that promote all this stuff, and I just want to smack the shit out of every single one of them because it's not real. Mm-hmm. It's not sustainable. It's not. It's a. It's not attainable for what you want here. In and I've had to beat in people's heads for so long. It's about body. It's like, like complexity. Right. Right. It's not about like, it's not about weight. Weight's stupid. You know, again, it's like measuring success by money. You mm-hmm. know I mean? You could be the most, then like, I guess nonprofits just suck. Right. Like, you know, that the, there's just, that makes no sense. Right. Right. And so like when you look at body fat percentage and when you, you have to measure results in so many different areas, sometimes to find success. Right. So what happens if you don't, you know, like there's just so many things, man. I just know it's so much shady, so much shady stuff that happens. And, you know, and all these unrealistic, uneducated things like um, I know there's a I was introduced with a a company that, you know, if they didn't, you know, they didn't lose any weight. Well, that's because that you or you gained 10 pounds. You actually lost, you know. 15 pounds or 10 pounds, but then you gain yeah. 10 pounds of muscle this month. Get the fuck out of here. That's not right. who taught you physiology, right? Yeah. Like that's not, yeah. that's not the case. So, you know, and, and we, we, there's not, there is a lot of money and there's more money in supplements. Kind of like, you know, with doctors, they don't mm-hmm. really, they don't not on the preventative. Right. They're on the yep. pill side. Right. Because that's where the money's at, right? Nothing's on the preventative. Like telling somebody to go eat broccoli doesn't, he's not going to put money in your pocket, right? Mm-hmm. But tell them to take this pill over here because they're have type 2 diabetes and right. uh, that's that's where they yep. got the money. And that's another wave of stuff that's changing, though, too. You know, right. we have. And, and that doctors. bugs the shit out of me, too, because people are playing on people's desperation. Oh, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. 100%. If they're, if they're looking for that quick fix or that magic pill, it's because yep. they either don't have the. You know the tenacity to stick to something, or they've tried everything and it didn't work. So here's the thing: is it back to that, like when it gets hard part, right? Like, you know, to truly see real results and sustainable results, you need it's going to take ten to twelve weeks for you really to be on this on this train to you get to where you're going, right? Mm -hmm. To even see where you're getting to go, right? Who has time for that, right? And and or what we could do is we could just make this pill or this whatever it's a diuretic and you can lose a lot you know and people are are so uneducated when it comes to health my god that's why we're so obese in this country that they don't understand that that you know you can give somebody a pill that's a diuretic and they're going to all of a sudden they're going to pee off you Mm -hmm. know 
all this weight and like, well, I lost 10 pounds. Well, the next week they're gained two. Like, so you're telling me you had a 12 pound fluctuation, right. you know? And like, I always used to preface people with that. Anybody that's trained with me will tell you that. I'd be like, all right, look, so I'm going to let you know up front, no matter what you've heard, I'm not Jesus Christ. So you're not going to lose 10 pounds in a week and be real, right? So here's the thing. If you're eating correctly, eating less salt, you know, you're drinking enough water, of course you're going to lose water weight, right? So you're going to see like a 12, you didn't lose 12 pounds, okay? You're, there's no way, mm-hmm. right? So, but so many people are like, yeah, this person's awesome. I lost 10, 10 pounds of fat this week. And then you, and then automatically they're discredited mm-hmm. because they're, yep. they're not. And then you discredit the trainer too for not prefacing them and letting them know what real results are really like, right? right? So then when somebody goes on social media and is like, man, I lost 12 pounds this week. Thank God for whatever pill it is. You're, you're already... Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that's just insane, you know, and I guess it's because like I truly had to put in the work. Like, yeah. like my dad, literally my dad will tell you, he thought I was on drugs <laughs> because until we went to the Y in his hometown and worked out. Right. And I used to run six to eight to 10 miles a day. Easy. Now mm-hmm. I only run if I'm chased. Like, right. That's just <laughs> yeah. where I'm at yeah. right now. And, um, but I did, I was working out, I was eating right and all this kind of stuff. And I was, this is, I don't even know. I was probably, I don't even know what size it was then, but literally my, he thought I was on drugs because I was just, there's no way he's told me, he's like, there's no way that you're doing all this, you know, the way you're supposed to. So we hopped on a treadmill. My dad's a special agent in Virginia, right? And we got about a mile in and my dad's huffing and puffing. Right. And he hops off the treadmill. Well, I'm just fucking hauling ass. Right. Mm -hmm. I would run it. I would start at seven at seven miles an hour. And I bumped my way up, and I would cruise at about seven point eight, right? Jeez. And that's moving, right? Yeah, that is fast. So then, like, I got to the point where I was running a three minute, I was running three miles in under twenty minutes, right? And that's insane. Coming from this kid that, like, literally the first time I, I went to go run when I was fat, I got maybe a quarter mile down the road to my mom. I had to literally come out there and bring me my inhaler. I'm super asthmatic even yeah. now. And so, like, my dad went and worked out and came back, and I was still running. He was like. I don't believe you. You know, I get it. So, but nobody, nobody really wants to put in the effort. Though. Right. Yeah. It's just yep. easier to buy a pill. Or, or, you know, or sadly, they're just, I hear this all the time. I just want to get in shape for my wedding or get in shape for the cruise yeah. or get in shape for the beach trip. Like, right. why don't you get in shape and stay in shape? It's a lot easier to maintain. Oh, yeah. You know, once you kind of get there, it. I don't, I don't know. I don't ever get it. Um, I think though, because people are willing to work hard, maybe for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then. You know, or they, I just think it's because we do live in an age, though, of instant gratification. I right. really think that yep. that's seriously the, the, the thing because, like I said, you know, we were sitting here, we brought up many, many things where, like, we can just Google it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I guarantee you, right now, if you if you typed in fat loss, oh, the my God. first thing that would pop yeah. up would be some kind of an ad for some kind of a pill or yeah. something, right? Yeah, whatever company spent the most money exactly. to be on top exactly. of Google to. Yeah. And that's what happens with a lot, you know, and this is off the fitness thing, but, you know, when we first. When we first opened here, I'm like, dude, we're doing something great. You know, like, this is so cool. This, we're first to market with something like this. And, oh, my God, we're going to show everybody everything, right? And then, like, a list came out from a publication about Farm to Table in the Upstate, right? And I was like, here we go, you know. And I looked on there, and our name was not even mentioned, right? This is maybe two or so months or three months into us doing this. So we've been doing this shit long enough where, like, people knew who we were mm-hmm. right not like now but right you know and i got really discouraged they talked about p 
people that opened before us, somebody that had closed, and people in the restaurants that haven't even opened yet. Like, still aren't open yet. Right. Swear to God, right? And I was like, and I got so discouraged, and I was so upset about everything. And then I found out that it's all pay to play. Mm. That this list was didn't mean shit unless yep. you're paying for it, right? And I was like, man, I made a statement, and it's still true to this day. And I, and actually yesterday, um, Amanda, my PR lady, brought it up at the TV meeting that I said that I wanted to be where after this, from that day forward, I said I wanted to be that if there's ever a discussion about farm to table or farming in the upstate, that it's blasphemy not to weigh in with Jonathan Willis or mm-hmm. talk about farm fresh fast and seedlings. Yep. Like that's how bad it crushed me, you know? And so, but that goes back to paying for stuff, you know, yeah. like the, the supplements and stuff, like half the stuff. I mean, that's like muscle milk. I'll throw it out there. Muscle milk is the biggest tub of junk. Right. That's out, out, out there, but it's in every GNC, right? Mm-hmm. That was like an early on thing or whatever. And, uh, it's crap casinate protein and it's just nasty and if but if you go into into a a supplement place and you ask like if it was me if it was a the first time lifter they're going to give it they're going to sell it to them because the margins and they're going to sell it to them because the taste you know right it tastes delicious full of fat right it's just great but i mean it's crap protein Mm -hmm. so yeah well, and that's what, you know, people ask me because I, I signed up under First Form as a Legionnaire yeah. program, you know, so people can get supplements through me. So, like, oh, what do you think? I said, well, let's stop for a minute and, you know, what, what are you trying to get first? Right, you know, right. what are you looking for? Because if you're looking for a quick fix, it ain't it. Right, right. You know, and just stress to them that it's called a supplement because it's just that. Mm-hmm. I said, I've taken First Form and I've gotten zero results. I said, but I was half-assing every fucking workout I right, did, right, too. Right, right. I said, and then I've also taken first form and got great results, right. but it's only because I was putting in the effort, and it's just kind of supplementing that. Because for whatever reason, I have people come to me, you know, I post some fitness stuff on Instagram, and I'm not a trainer, never done anything like that, but I get a lot of people come to me asking about fitness shit. So a lot of them are fat people. They say, you know, oh, I've been working for... Uh, for uh for three you know for three months or whatever and i'm just not seeing results and i say the hardest thing that it is to say so i said how long did it take you to get fat oh right that's what it I'm wasn't saying. three months that's what i'm saying it was years yeah i was like you're you're barely you're, scratching the surface yeah, you're trying three to reverse something it's taking you years to do exactly yeah. but you got to keep fucking grinding that's yeah. the answer it's not supplements none of this shit is gonna melt it off it's true it's you true know, it's and what sucks though is that there are companies though that, that say that mm-hmm. that yeah that's what they're going to do and that's yep. and that sucks man because like you said you said it best actually is that they're preying on desperation yeah you know what i mean like oh my god i only have eight and normally that's what it is like oh my god i have six weeks or eight right. weeks to do something and yep. like well i guess i can take this pill you know and you know it i don't know there, there's just so much with that that really sucks and you know, kind of like how people throw the word farm to table around. Yeah. You know, that, oh God, oh, that yeah. grinds my gears. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, I mean, we're at we two done? hours and 40 minutes. Ooh, I mean, it, I, th- I feel like you and I could go for a couple more hours. I, I but think we watched the sunset, actually. We did. So I'm, I'm going to throw this out there, too, because this is by far the longest one I've done. So the first person that messages me, if you do it before Monday when uh, when I have to put the order in, I will give you a free self-made podcast t-shirt if you mention 
that I said this just to see if that's anybody clever. makes it to Dude, the fucking end. And if they're in, if they're in green, I don't I don't ship food, but that's one thing that we started off. We I said I would never ship it because yep. then it's not local, and then it's you know you can't. I mean, quality yeah. Nazi, right? Right. So if they're in here in Greenville in the Upstate, I will totally kick in a pack of meals as well. Boom! So if you made That'd it in two hours and forty minutes, um, you're gonna be crushing it. All right, man. Oof. I appreciate it, dude. Appreciate it's been you. awesome. Yes, sir. Cool. You've been listening to the Self Made Podcast. If you feel that others may benefit from this podcast, please help spread the word by sharing with friends and leaving us a review.